You're listening to Glory Days of Gold, the East Fife and Scottish football podcast. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we are back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. And we've got a fun-filled end-of-season spectacular for you. We're going to be doing our awards. We've got a special guest announcing it because it's a big occasion. We're all dressed up in our, our finest togs here. We've got the penguin suits on and the dicky bows and if only you could see it. Gordon's got his mankini on. Yeah, he even has had his hair done for, for this episode. Gordon, yeah, you've got your dicky bow and Gordon's got a bow in his dicky, which is a wee bit worrying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that's one of our, yeah, one of our special... Extra awards that, that we'll do at the end, but but we'll, we'll get to that shortly. We we just want to talk a little bit about some of the the stuff that's been happening at East Fife and in League One since our last show, and we want to kick things off though with sending our sincere condolences to two fantastic servants of the club over the years that sadly passed away recently, Walter Borthwick. A lot of folk will mostly know him, I guess, for his time with Hearts, but he was a good servant for the, for the club in the 70s, part of that great team under Pat Quinn. But we've lost a couple of those guys in recent years, so that's been sad. And then, I'm sure it came as a shock to, to a lot of people. John Sludden sadly passed away after a, a long illness just last week, aged 56. I, I think he was a guy for many of us that, when the 90s were pretty bad under Gavin Murray, John Sludden was like one of the, the shining lights of that team, banging the goals in. We had always joked about his bunions and everything, but I mean, he was a great servant to the club. And I, I know, Doug, he, he was one of your all-time favourite players for the club. Yeah, I was ge- like genuinely really saddened to hear that. Um, I think I, I struggle to remember ever since that time of us having a much better strike force than Sludden and Scott. That was a um, real SAS. Forget Sutton and Shearer. We had Sutton yeah. and And I think when you look back on the... Well, when I kind of look back on his stats and stuff, and I, I, I kind of felt like he'd played freestyle for a lot longer than he did, but no, he was a total hero of mine. I, I had his um, number on the back of my shirt. I had a little teddy bear that I called Sluddy, um, which I've still got somewhere. Um and I think for me, it, it, he's the first guy that I remember vividly to have passed away, and it kind of made it just made me feel quite old, to be honest with you. And I know he wasn't uh, he wasn't very old himself, so 
it was um yeah pretty tragic um so yeah kind of yeah really sad to hear that i mean lee you probably didn't really see him play i don't I, I wouldn't have thought so i mean i know you can't comment on what he did with the team but i mean willie brown i think it was when we spoke to him had mentioned that he hadn't been keeping in in good health but they thought he was maybe getting slightly better sadly not and it was a he was a striker lee that he knew how to find the back of the net and i i still look back at those teams with him and scotty and i'm mystified as to how we did not play better when we had that that strike force. Yeah, I mean, first of all, condolences to his family. I mean, the, the age to uh, died is absolutely no age at all. And, you know, it, it, it gives you that sort of realisation of mortality that it can happen at, at any time. So, um, yeah, we're, we're deeply saddened by that. And, you know, you're right, I, I've not got many memories of that team a little bit before my time. But, I mean, the, the people that include them in their 11s, the amount of people that, you know, say he holds cult hero status. I mean, obviously a football and family, both his sons have gone on to play football yeah. as well. So, I mean, you know, he's definitely somebody that's held around high regard in Bayview and I'm sure he'll be sorely missed. Gordon, age-wise, you would have probably maybe just I, caught him? I, um, he certainly played for his fife when I started watching, but I think it was maybe just the first or the first two seasons. But I do remember... I mean, for me, um, Robert Scott was the, you know, probably like like Doug was saying for John Sludden, he was definitely the kind of the big player, the main player when I first couple of years of East Fife. But I do remember uh, Sludden and Scott playing together in my first one or two seasons. Definitely remember them. I, I, I think I, I remember, uh, sorry, I remember as well that I think it was quite a surprise when we signed them. Yes. I think, I think... Because um, it's like, it was a big, Big name, really, to drop down to that yeah. level. Well, well, well. He, I mean, he, he's more famous, I suppose, for his time at Air United. He was there quite a lot. I mean, he's a proper legend there. I was reading quite a lot of the their fan stuff on Pine Broadwell, and it was, you know, he was proper legendary there. But um, yeah, I think that was the shout. I think when we signed him, it was like, like, oh my God, he's like a signed John Sutton. But where did they get that one from? Um, yeah, because he retired quite early because of the old bunions, didn't he? I mean, yeah. it was. It was, um, but yeah, I mean, he scored a hell of a lot of goals for every club he played for. He was probably one of these guys that should have played at a better level in many ways. One of my standout memories of him, like, apart from the partnership with Scotty, one of the other ones, I remember a pre-season game, and I think it was Charlton, where he was just on fire. And like Charlton had come in as a big English team, and we won that, I think, 3-2. And I don't know if he got a hat-trick or whatever, but he, I'm sure he got the winning goal. But he stands out to, to me from that. But, I mean, him and Scotty together, like you said, Doug, I think that was one one of the best strike forces that I've physically seen with my own eyes in his five colours. Uh, absolutely, yeah. No, without a doubt. And obviously the same with, you know, Walter Borthwick. I remember my dad, you know, that was his era, I guess. And um, obviously, you know, before my time, but... But hugely thought of um, against Scottish football wide, so it's uh, yeah, a sad week for for East Fife for sure. Yeah. So our condolences on behalf of all of us at Glory Days of Gold to to the Borthwick family and the Sludden family. Sad, sad news. But let, let's move on. I was going to say to happier things, but we're going to talk about the very, very quickly how East Fife season wrapped up because it has finally finished. 
and I think Lee, the the kind of consensus from our group chat was, thank fuck that's over. I couldn't echement, uh, echo that sentiment anymore. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely, definitely glad to, the season's finished. Um, went out with more of a, um, a whimper than, than anything else, obviously losing to, to Clyde and by all accounts, you know, a, not a great performance against Forfar either, although Ross Davidson getting in there with a contender where he's first shot on target right in the top bin. <laughs> so, you know, fair play for that. But yeah, glad the season's over. We could draw a line under it. Hopefully that's the last spell of the COVID shenanigans um, yeah. getting in the way and we could get a full run at a season. I, I, I hope so, especially for you guys' sake, that you can actually get into to the games next year. Everything's pointing in that direction. I'm a little envious because we still seem a, a long way off here. We can't even have the Whitecaps playing in Canada because the opposition teams can't get in. So they're playing out of Utah just now. But hopefully we, we get, if not full crowds in at Bayview, uh, at least a, a good chunk of them in, into next year. Uh, we, we're not really going to delve in, into the games. I, I don't think unless any of you particularly want to. But I, we finished officially sixth on 33 points which looking at the whole table which is bollocks because you, you can't would have been fifth because a, a, a goal difference so we were talking so much we were confident oh if we win all these games we might end up with more points than the champions or we'll finish second and then to only finish on 33 points and kind of go out really with a, a, a whimper Gordon it feels just a disappointing end to the season. I don't know if the players maybe just wanted it to end as well. And if you're going to go out like that, I'd like to see a little bit more tinkering, a little bit of trying of some of the young guys, different formations. I don't really think we got that. No, I mean, I think at the time of the split, obviously disappointing to be in the bottom half. If you just said two wins, two defeats, you know, it's it's not great. It's not terrible. Um I think looking at the certainly the Clyde game, we had a lot of players missing. I think we had yeah. you know, a good good four or five that would be stick ons missing. And that, that makes a big difference. And so I don't know if that was maybe just their last hurrah to have a look at, at some of the guys, but yeah. Potentially. I mean I I wondered if um, maybe some of them aren't fit and maybe it's a bit of a case of if someone's not hundred percent fit, we're not gonna play them in that game because why risk it? Um, but you've got to say as well, we we had absolutely nothing to play for for Clyde. That was a massive, massive game. You saw the reaction um, of their players when they got that winner. You know, listening to the commentators, that was massive for them. That was a a proper must win end of the season. So I'm not really bothered that they you know that they 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 won and we lost because it meant nothing to us. It's a bit of a whimper, but. I'm not too bored about it. I mean, in some ways, Doug, it kind of, it, it's maybe a a reality check for, for some of us in the support of, look, we couldn't even beat some of these teams that were, that were below us. So did were we really a team that was going to be challenging for the top four? I know you can look that you don't know how things would go and those, some of those teams were fighting for their life, but we won't get too much into it because we'll save this for a future show but I think it shows that there is quite a bit of work needed defensively we finished with a a negative goal difference which is always disappointing but we did finish with more wins and losses 10 wins to 9 losses 
What what are you taking from this season? Can we take anything from this season just because of the kind of weird season that it was? Not really. It's such a weird... I mean, you'll never have this again. I mean, I was laughing at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going on about Man U having to play sort of three games. And I'm, I'm like, we played Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, you know. Um, I don't think you can take a huge amount for it. Look, we weren't far away, let's face it. I mean, you know, we put, missed out on that top half by the goal difference. So the last four games, who cares? I mean, in terms of if we had to win those games, would we have won them? Possibly. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I know you can't see. We were certainly pretty comfortable against those teams in the sort of regular season sort of time. So um, I think that with the Clyde one, I, I would have felt a bit funny if we played youngsters because it had been a bit harsh in Dumbarton. It's a, that was a big game for them really as well. So, um, it, it probably, in sporting integrity-wise, it maybe wasn't the uh, time to start throwing in kids. But yeah. I, no, they, can't, they can't say we didn't go for it either because obviously the game was in the balance till till close to the end. But there, yeah. there was some horrible defending in that game. But yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll probably summarise the season later on, but it's it, it was a it was a funny season. We'll get back to normal next year. We'll get we'll get the morning crowds back at Bayview and it will feel life will feel rosy again. Are you feeling optimistic, Lee, for next season? What What's your main takeaways from from this campaign? Um, I think it'll all depend on recruitment in the summer. Um, we desperately need a goal scorer. Um, I think that you know, Kev Smith is going to be a a one two miss a few. You know, he'll probably play a game and then miss a couple. Um. I think Ryan Wallace is well documented that I think he's a great player, but I think he needs somebody to play off rather than playing himself up front. I don't think Greg Spence is the answer. I don't think Sean Brown's the answer. Um, so we need to ensure that we recruit right in the summer. Um, seeing that tonight that um, Mark McGuigan at Stenhouse Muir is available, I would love to see us bring him in. I mean, he might not be a guaranteed starter for us, but you know, he's somebody that you can look at to even from the bench and know that he's got goals in his game. Um, but I think that the, there'll be a lot of people fancy him, um, or do, you know, do we do we gamble on getting a young guy similar to the Jack Hamilton situation from Livingston? Um, I don't think that Jack will go in and get a game at Livingston this year, but equally, he's proven that he could do it in the championship, and he'll walk into a a club in there, no problem. So I can't see us getting anybody like him back. So yeah, see, that's funny. That that crossed my mind today. Actually, I was thinking about yeah. Hamilton when we were looking at some of the awards and, and stuff, and I was like, could we get him back next year? But he probably needs to get tested at a better level. Yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean, I I would probably say even somebody like Hamilton, if they go down, you know, they could easily bring Jack Hamilton in and and or, or Kilmarnock or Ross Kelly the marketing. Yeah, Hamilton, Hamilton, that's a good point, actually. Um, so you never know um, in that sense. But yeah, I think recruitment's got to be bang on. If, if the rumours about Scott Agnew moving to pastures true or new as well, then we're going to need to heavily invest in our midfield. Um, there's obviously other rumours about other players moving on, staying, whatever. Um, I think that we still need a left back. We're probably still going to need somebody to play off the wing. So I'll be interested to see who gets kept because there'll be a lot of players out um, at the, the end of this year. 
and recruitment will be key. I, I agree with that as well. It's going to be a very interesting off-season because we know, we should know, it's going to be a, a proper season coming up, Gordon, next year. So it's going to, fingers crossed, touch wood, all that kind of stuff. It should be a full season. It's going to be a tough division again next year. Depending on, on how things shake off out in the playoffs, I mean, it could potentially be even tougher. Well, we'll come to that in a sec. But I mean, what's your takeaways from from this season? Are you feeling optimistic? Um, as far as optimistic, I'm not necessarily saying, I'm maybe not optimistic or pessimistic. I think um, somebody posted up on Pine Bovril, uh, Darren Young's record with his five per season over the past four seasons. And they've been pretty consistent in terms of like win percentage, points, goals scored, goals conceded. Um, the season before this season was the best one, but we actually weren't that far off it. Um, so it's a bit of, you know, we're, we're almost there. Um, I agree with, agree with Lee about um, recruitment. I feel like, you know, we are that team that's always close to getting top four and one or two good sign-ins, one or two kind of weaknesses patched up and we'll be there. Um, It's not easy because the players we're going to want, especially a goal scorer, uh, everyone's going to want. Um, But I, you know, I've got faith in Darren and Tony. I think the recruitment has generally been very good. So I'm, you know, I'm confident that uh, they know what he's doing and to go out and to go out and do it. Now but I mean, it will it will be a, a very, it could be a very tough league next year. Um, yeah, you know, not only a for, tough league, I think, but a tough window, and and that's where my concern lies. Because if you look at the potential for our league next year, it's already if if the Montrose result stays the same, then Morton are down, mm-hmm. full time team, um, another one. We're still going to have Falkirk, potentially Airdrie, then Queen's Park coming up full-time. Um, I think that Clyde staying up was massive for us retrospectively because... Yep. They were terrible. Going to you, you want a terrible team in the league. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think if we do, if we finish, you know, seventh next season, that's a massive achievement. Because realistically, the only teams that we're going to have to compete with are Peterhead, Clyde, potentially Dumbarton, depending on what happens in their playoff. Um, Peterhead, Clyde, Dumbarton. Um, and who, like if, if it wasn't Dumbarton, whoever comes up from yeah, it could be tough, obviously, because I mean, money can can go in all these teams. I, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be too pessimistic right now. I, I'm not feeling overly optimistic. I, I was very optimistic going into this season. Maybe it was just us starting this show and just getting carried away with some of the signings. And in retrospect, and like hindsight's always a great thing, maybe maybe I did get a bit carried away in the hype and just because, because we weren't really having much to be optimistic about, it was something nice to have it. So set expectations low and then see if we can do that. We had our, our question that we put to folk about what should East Fife's ambition be? So we're not going to delve into that in this show. We'll do that in a future show because we've got some really good responses and I'd like to, to take a little bit of time to, to go over that. I was also hoping that 
we might get some word as to what players were going, who was definitely staying, the, the situation with Darren, if he was getting a contract renewal, if so, for how long. I just was checking right just now to see if anything was breaking as we're doing this and not so far. So these are all things we'll cover in a, in a future show. Well, why don't we, before we move on, I'll read out the names of the players and we could quickly say just one word answer, yes or no, keep or go. Good. Right? Yep. So, Brett Long. Keep. Keep. Yes. Yes. Jordan Hart. I'd keep. No. No? We don't We don't need two goalies on good wages. We don't need two number ones. Keep, keep for, one for, of them. For actually, for their careers, I would say, I don't see why they would both want to stay. What, word, what part of one word answer don't you understand, Doug? Oh. I, I I agree though. It, it, like <laughs> selfish, selfishly, I'd keep him, but for Please. for his benefit, it's probably better that one of them moves on. Yeah. Okay, so next Slattery. Maybe. If, if he's happy with a bench role, <laughs> keep. <laughs> Please. That's not the question. Was, yes. Oh no, there's no shade to here. I, I want to explain I, I, why, yes. I, I'm saying a reluctant no. Yes, as a squad player. Yes, yeah, as a squad player. Okay. Fenton! Oh, Jesus Christ. Yep. Just for the fun. No. No. Ross Dunlop. Yes. Yes. I, I, either's fine by me, so I'll see you. Adam Steele. N- no. No. I'm going to say yes. Balls of steel. I just like it. Chris Higgins. This should be an easy one. Yes. yes. No. Yeah, I can. Yes. Stuart Murdoch. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Dunsmore. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ross Davidson. Yes. 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 Liam Watt. Yes. 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 Danny Golds Denham. No. Yeah. No. Controversial. Mm. But controversial because you're not getting to say yes or no. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not yeah, saying anything in any of these. He just wants to be carry friends on, with them all on, on Facebook. On. We'll no. be the bad guy. That, that's fine if you want to, if one of you wants to get the list up, I'll share it in the WhatsApp group. You can answer it. Just this suits me. You can still um, answer <laughs> and read the names. It's not difficult. Well, I'll, I'll answer them and then I'll go through mine at the end. Okay. Uh, Scott Agnew. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Liam Newton. Yes. Yes. Danny Swanson. Yes. Yes. Probably. The Bomber, Brun. No. No. Greg Spence. No. No. Ryan Wallace. Yes. yes. 
Kevin Smith. Yes. 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 Okay. I'll run through mine. Long yes, heart yes, slattery yes, Fenton no, um, Dunlop yes, Watson no, Steele no, Higgins yes, Murdoch yes, Dunsmore yes, Davidson yes, Watt no, Denham no, Agnew no, Newton yes, Swanson yes, Brown no, Spence no, Wallace yes, Smith yes. Did you ask us about Watson? I don't remember. You probably did, but I, I, I'm, I'll ask I'm again. no to that. Craig Watson? No. Yes. Yeah. Um, is there anybody that said something controversial that you anyone you want to pick out? Um, I, I, I'm, I always it's the slattery one for me. I said mm-hmm. no, and it's it's a it's a heavy heart thing. But I, I, we talked about it before. I just feel we need it's we need a little bit of freshness. So, so, so there's going to be players that I like that are, that I think you know maybe need to go. Denham's another seems like a good character. You know, has chipped him a few goals, but I just don't know if he gives us enough. He's too, he's too inconsistent, Danny Denham. Um, he's too inconsistent. I don't think that a lot of the time he commits. On the pitch, he's very anonymous for a lot of points of game then pops up with a header these days. Um, the, the Slattery one, I've said yes because I get the impression he's one of these players that's good for the club and he's good yeah. for the changing room. And I Absolutely. think that, you know, he's, he's committed to us and I think they'd probably own it. I don't think he would make my starting eleven, but he would be a, a good squad player and I don't think he'll be on loads of money. Uh, but he's, he's the sort of guy that if we're struggling could come in and do a job for us in midfield could come in and do a job for us at left back um, So, but he wouldn't be in my st- under 11 the, I'll, the majority... I'll tell you one that I thought I'll tell yeah. you one that I thought was quite controversial Yeah. Um, Craig Watson Yeah. Um, mm. I mean he's he's not but he was in the running for my player of the year would, would you not say do you want me to tell you why I said no? Yes, please. And it's nothing to do with his political beliefs. I lost count over the course of a season how often he gave away possession by trying the world he pass. Um, and I kind of feel that we get a steadier defender when Ross Dunlop plays. Um, and I, I don't think that he's quite as bad as giving away possession. Um, I think that Watson, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's not he's not one of those players that I'd be devastated if we kept because I think he is a good player. But for me, um, we do seem to try um, and uh, hoof the ball up the park a lot of the times and it's something that I've ranted about in the past and he is very, very guilty of that. And also, I think a couple of times this season he's been caught in possession or caught daydreaming and cost us a goal. Penalties as well. He's given away a couple yeah. of penalties. I, th- I think yeah. for me, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of maybe yes, maybe no. And yeah. what's to me when you're going through that list, there's maybe five or six who I wouldn't keep all of them. I wouldn't ditch all of them. But in reality, you know, we're probably going to keep two or three of them. Um, Watson's one for me that you know there's another if in there that if if we don't get if Stuart Murdoch leaves and we don't get a good right back, I would play Watson at right back and sign another centre half. 
Um, the three centre halves we've got, Higgins, uh, Dunlop and Watson, I like them all. Um, I, I may... I struggle. I'd play Higgins and I struggle. Sometimes I'm up and down about who I like better of Dunlop and Watson. Um, it's kind of the same thing. Like I, I'd love to sign Ryan McGeever for Dumbarton. And if that meant getting rid of Watson, would I do it? Yes. Would I just ditch Watson, you know, um, without knowing would get somebody different? And probably not. Um, so there's a few that are difficult for me. And it would depend on who we might be able to get and who goes and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I'm the same. Like, I think because, well, it's different for me because I haven't been there for a while, but you get attached to players sometimes for the wrong reason. And sometimes, like, you think, oh, that guy's going to be good in the, the dressing room, so you want to keep him around. And that's the thing. Like, some of these guys I would keep because it's stability. You don't want too much change. They'd be good in the dressing room or they've been a good servant to the club, so you want uh, to keep them on. If we ha if we want to take a step forward, we need, I think, quite a lot of new blood in. And the only way to do that is to move some of these guys on. Some of the part guys... Of my, part of my problem, Michael, is I look at a guy like Scott Agnew, who for years and years, is, you know, he's been at Eastside for quite a while now, has been a very, very, very good player. Part of the reason I would say yes is because I wouldn't want him to leave without having like the fans there. And because I, I know what East Bay fans are like, he could play against us, and he'll the first time he touches the ball, he'll get absolute abuse, yep. which would be horrendously wrong. I, I don't know. There's there's a wee part of me that you, you want to give players a wee send off in many ways. So not that I'm suggesting we give contracts just so that we can say, see you later. I, but, I know. Um, yeah. It, like, in this in this modern age of football, is there room for sentimentality? I'd like to think in some ways there are, but if it ends up being detrimental to the club, it's like some of these guys might have to leave just to get better, younger options in that then might be here for five years or whatever. I don't think Agnew had a particularly good season, but I also think it's unfair to really judge any of the guys on this season. It's a difficult one for the club because the squad with no changes or just with one or two additions, I don't think is good enough to get top four next year. So if that's our aim, we have to bring in quite a few positions. The danger of bringing in a striker like Hamilton on loan is they perform well. So great, you have a great first half of the season and then they get taken away from us for the the second half of the season, can you replace them when you need them at the most? So I'd rather, as a striker, that we at least have somebody that is ours for the whole season. My, my thoughts generally are that it's just got a bit stale now. Yeah, I, I think there's a little staleness creeping in there. And I, I wonder whether that's partly why some fans are sort of questioning the manager and stuff. That I just think nothing seems to have changed in two or three years and I think we need to whether it's take a risk and you know have wholesale changes or not but I, I think as a fan I, I would want I want to see quite a few new signings and, and first team signings yeah. and just and, and guys that we think are good first teamers could become good squad players and make the squad a lot stronger but as yeah they're happy 
to do that because that might be yeah. the thing as well. Because some of them might be yeah. like, no, I, 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 I'm still, I've still got enough in me to start somewhere. So if I'm not a starter with you, I'll go elsewhere. If like what Gordon was saying, if we lose Murdoch, I'm worried because that both are fullback positions. That's very weak. But we've got three good centre halves. If we kept all three, do you go to three at the back, five at the back, have attacking? Wing back options that might just suit remember with the Stuart Murdoch scenario. If we keep Aaron Dunsmore, then he's naturally a right back, and he, and, and from That's what true. I believe, he doesn't like playing further up the park, so you know, he wants to play right back. So it wouldn't be, um, you know, a massive dis- like, don't get me wrong, Stuart Murdoch would be one of the, the names up there for me. That if he lo- if we lost him, I would be absolutely gutted. But equally, we're, we, we do have a sort of ready-made replacement for him if Dunsmore stays. I, I, it's weird to me because I, I genuinely feel like Dunsmore is a much better player in midfield than fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if it's if it's the case that Murdoch leaves and we don't get a right back in and we go Aaron Dunsmore first choice right back, I'm fine with that. Um, but uh, I, I really think he's a better player at right midfield. He just has to control his, his cards because at some point it's going to be really costly for us. I'm amazed we didn't get more suspensions for cards in the closing weeks. Or maybe we did and that's why guys were missing and we just didn't didn't know about it. But I, I guess the announcement will get made soon. So we'll delve into that once we do know. It is going to be an interesting recruitment period because the guys hold out to see if they can get a deal with a championship or a premiership side and then they maybe join us late towards the, the start of the season. That's not great for us. Um, Danny Swanson, we need to see the best of him next year. Hopefully he can get uh, an off-season and a pre-season under his belt. I wonder pennies. if we'll see a better Danny Swanson with no Scott Agnew. Possibly. Because I wonder if it'll allow him to be more of the creative influence because it was kind of like having too many chefs with two very similar sort of players in a very similar position. And I wonder if we see the, the better out of um, Swanson, if if, we, if if fully fit, if we get a, a, a fully fit Danny Swanson for, for most of the season, what we see of him. Because, I mean, he didn't even find the net for us this year, which I'm really surprised. Um, really, really surprised. And cheers for that sponsorship money, Danny. Um, but yeah, um, be really surprised to see what happens there. Let's just finish this part, just having a, a quick look about the the playoffs. Now, first of all, let's just address the funniest aspect of all this, which is Falkirk Doug. It gave us all quite a good shortle when we were watching these final results coming through and they slipped out of the, the top four. It might not be great for us because next year they are going... They, they do not want another season in this division. They are going to go for it next season. Uh, but it's funny just now. The meltdown of the, their fan base is like... It's such a meltdown. I was watching the highlights on YouTube of Falkirk Airdrie and they'd closed the comments. You couldn't make any comments on it. <laughs> you say it's not great for us. It was fantastic for me. I just... <laughs> I thought it was, it was, what a story that was, really. I mean, you would never, ever, if I, if one of us had suggested five weeks ago that Falkirk would, would not get in the playoffs, you wouldn't have, I mean, it would have been laughed off 
it wouldn't have even been entertained. It's as for the, possibly as the for biggest the implosion I, I remember. Oh, unbelievable. But uh, as for saying they'll have to give it a go next season, money has got to start getting very, very, very tight there unless mm. they've got someone, you know, putting serious money in. I, I don't know. I, I mean, we, we said it this season that they would have to go up and they've spectacularly not. I don't know. It's it's. I'm quite enjoying the the Falkirk um, thing in our league. It's quite. It's good. I, I love a team that just has this divine thought that they are. Let's face it. Probably a premier team. I think their fans. That's that's mm-hmm. what how they kind of talk. I mean, it, Wraith were like that for for a, a period of time. You know, talking about. I remember having an argument where this is totally off topic, having an argument with a Wraith fan after a game at Starks, walking up the road, where he said, I mean, some of our players are premiership quality. And I just burst out laughing going, what are you actually, you know, genuinely what are you talking about? But I think that's what it is with Falkirk. I think they, I think their fans don't even think they're a championship team. They just think but, they're... Yeah. In all fairness, right, if you look at some of the names that Falkirk have signed, like Gomez that was at Dundee United... Top player won't be there on on daft cash. Connor Salmon's won an FA Cup, I think. I think he surely won the FA Cup with Wigan. Like he's not going to be there on sweetie money or mm. you know, or getting his photo taken with big massive bits of pizza or whatever. Um, you've then got um, Liam Miller with uh, sorry Lee Miller, Liam Miller, Lee Miller. Yeah, um, wouldn't be there on on daft cash either. So I mean, I would probably say between those three players alone. There's probably the majority of our wage budget for the year, and they still balls it. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I genuinely laughed a lot, like <laughs> a whole lot, and actively trolled on social media because oh. it, it was just it was it was worth injecting. I don't know if Michael's seen some of my stuff on my personal account. I don't it, think I have. It was beautiful. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was like, you know, you can't even beat teams like East Fife and, and Cove and Montrose and you're spending, you know, three times the budget anybody else um, and them saying, oh, you know, our stadium. And I'm like, well, your stadium doesn't manage to beat players like us, so just you wind your neck in. Um, so, yeah, there's the, the, you're absolutely right, Doug, with that divine right. And, you know, we're going to come on to our awards later on in the season. And if I could give an award for the, the biggest clown um, in football then I think that I would have to go to the, the Falkirk management duo for managing the balls that up that is mightily impressive I don't know how you can like did they not like, it was a seven point lead or something before the split and then they don't even finish in the playoffs it's yeah the worst think, thing well, for them Gordon though was Thistle coming down because they probably thought ah well we were unfairly robbed last year we'll walk it this year oh shit Thistle's come down I mean, maybe they did think that, but like you're saying, five six weeks ago they were home and dry. I mean, not not just to make the playoffs, but they were looking like odds-on favourites for the league. And there's been a few spectacular collapses. I mean, ours uh, under Dave Becky the year before we won the league was mm-hmm. quite yeah. something, and Morton back in 2004. But somebody did look at it and it was like the the shift in points. You know, the, like the swing from Falkirk to Partick was bigger than either of those. Um, and my dad was saying it was like the, if you remember a few years ago when Hibs got relegated to the Premier, it's like for about oh. seven or eight weeks, everyone was going, right, Hibs have just got to win one game, one game, and they're probably safe. Or they get beat next week. Just just win one game. And 
it's turned out like that with Falkirk. I mean, all they needed to do, they picked up something like two points out of the last seven games. It, it was the fact, Gordon, for me, I don't I happened to look at the Airdrie Falkirk game, the last game, and at half time I looked at the match stats, and Airdrie were absolutely battered. I mean, literally Falkirk had no shots on goal and they had like 40% possession. And you thought, God, this is this might actually happen. I mean, in, in terms of you know, goals going in to transpire to screw you over, it was absolutely priceless. Because, I mean, you had, what, Montrose scoring in injury oh. time to, to go 3-2, oh. Airdrie scoring too late. Every, it was just, uh, I mean, it was but, it was beautiful. I mean, the fans... I the fan to drank the tears of the Falkirk fans, I would have done so. I've not managed to get into a pub for a pint, but that would have been a, a, a delicious substitute, like, because the the fact that they went that ape shit that Pie and Bovril servers yes. fell on their ass <laughs> is honestly... <laughs> That was, a, that was everyone else laughing at them. To be yeah, fair. That it's was everyone else. Oh, I've got to get on and troll them. There's too <laughs> many, I'm, too many gifts being posted. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like massively at the pie and bovril that like you guys are, but like, honestly, I was like, I need to get on. So you probably got people like me for it, but oh man, that is, is it was just hilarious. Like I was watching the results come in, and I'm turning to my my missus, and I'm like. Falkirk are going to balls this year like they're really going to do it and then obviously all the goals went in and I laughed so hard I genuinely thought I was going to wake the wee one and upstairs because I was just like imagine imagine if you're a fan you would be going off oh, your rocker yeah, if that was, that us, was us the meltdown yeah that would have been yeah. unreal I don't know I mean, what we have, she we... would have got on that string of events playing out either but massive uh, I mean, we had a we we almost had a wee mini meltdown by no getting into the top half when yeah. it was probably unlikely just a little bit before. But oh, imagine that! Well, they would have got cuffed in the playoff though. They would have if they played Morton, they would have got beat. The the in, life in betting, if you had just put all that money on, like if you if you if you get a time machine, let's go back to like two minutes before the goals start going in. Get or even before that, start the game because you know what the odds are going to be. Pile all the money on. Taste it. When we were beating Partick Thistle 2 0 at half time, mm. going on our bookies and we're like, I, I Partick for the league, 100 quid. I'll take it right now. I mean, they barely dropped a point. Um, well, yeah, that was something that. I was going to ask. Do you think that comeback basically sparked their season? Because I think it did. They, 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 said, they, they actually quoted that in, when they talked about their season. I think their manager, one of the, Brian Graham, maybe said, the 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 moment they changed the round was that was at half time against East Five, and they said literally from that moment it was, you know, steamroll. We played them off the park that game as well. Yeah. We're going to come to that, and and I will definitely come to that. Yeah. So last couple of bits then on this. First of all, that was a very exciting end to the season. Has it changed your opinion on the split? Is this something we should maybe look at every year just to get that excitement going? Because I, I'm all for it now. And I know no. not every year might be like this, and we could be worse off because of it. But the excitement level was tremendous. I, yeah. I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a strong no, and I'll tell you why. Uh, mainly because of what happened to us. It's too small a league to mm. require a split. That's why the playoffs are great because really 
going into the last three or four games, you'll be very lucky. Sorry, you'll probably be very unlucky if there's more than two teams when I have to play for. Like, it, it's almost impossible not to be, really. So I think that's where the playoffs are great. If it was a bigger league, yeah, I don't mind it. But, you know, for the fact it was pretty much us that that happened to, that, you know, as fans, you're then looking at those games going, oh, I mean, really, that's where we should be because there was a there was a kind of split anyway, but it just happens yeah. that it's the 6-4. Yeah, same. If, if, if we go to bigger leagues, um, I, I would like bigger leagues. And if, if, if with the way the fixtures work, we need a split to make that happen, I'll be happy about it. But yeah. I think to, to deliberately have a split in a 10-team league where six of the places are either promotion or playoff is pretty mental. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I wouldn't be doing it with 10-team mm-hmm. leagues. Let's look at the results then, just to round this off. In the Scottish Championship playoffs, as it officially is, because it is for promotion. So we're recording this on Monday. The games are coming up on Tuesday, the second legs. Coven Airdrie tied at one apiece. Montrose beat Greenock Morton 2-1. Who have you got for the final? Who have you got to claim that spot in the championship? I'm going to yeah. say Cove and Morton. I think Morton will turn it around in the second leg. I'm going to say Airdrie to beat Morton in the final. Uh, I'm with Gordon on that. I think Airdrie's just got this momentum now. They've got this form and that counts a hell of a lot in playoffs. I see it here all the time in MLS. You just I'm have to make the playoffs. Good. I know, but you just have to make it. And then if you're in the ascendancy, you start believing in yourself. Things just start to go your way miraculously. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. Airdrie was my shout, yeah. And I also agree with Lee, they're not very good. But I don't think mm. any of them are... I mean, those those results kind of just show that there's very little between all four, I would think. Expand the leagues. Yeah, <laughs> well... But, Mandela. The, there's all this talk about Colts teams and stuff. We'll cover that in another show. We're going to get to our awards next. Before that, we'll have a little musical break. So regular listeners will know that we're not doing an Artist of the Month per se for this month. What we're doing is I'm bringing you a selection of old Fife bands, keeping it local, bringing you some of my favourite Fife bands from the 80s and the 90s. So for this episode, we're going back to the late 80s, but it's a band that were very big in the Kirkcaldy scene in the late 80s and into the 90s. And then when they split up, the lead singer, Danny Holland, formed out a couple of other bands after that, The Muck, Angels of Lust, did some solo stuff. So what I'm going to bring you for this episode is a song by Danny's, I think it was his first band, it's certainly the the first one that I, I got to know him through. They're called The Receiving End. They were really big in the local scene in the late 80s and 90s. We featured them a lot in our Ultracore pullout that we had in the Away From The Numbers fanzine. And they brought out a number of cassettes over the years. They brought out a couple of CD singles. They had record company interest. It just never came to anything. They could have been bigger. They should have been bigger. This is a song that featured on a 1988 cassette called Stupefied. It was a charity compilation cassette featuring a number of artists from the local scene. This is their song, He's the Man. (laughs) 
He's the man there by the receiving end. There's a lot of other songs by them that I would really have liked to maybe brought you, but I still have them on cassette. I need to get them maybe transferred into MP3. But great band. If you get a chance to check them out, or if you actually get the, the chance to check out, there's a, a website called kirkodybands.com. It's got a lot of the old stuff on there. You can check that out. Also, I lost touch with Danny over the years. If anybody happens to know Danny, be in touch with him, 
send him a regards. If you can get contact details for him as well, it'd be great to get back in touch with him. So we're back to the football chat now. We're back to everything that I know you've tuned in for. It's our very first Glory Days of Gold, end of season awards. We've got a special person to build up the tension. Hello and welcome to the first ever Glory Days of Gold Awards. Time now to hand you over to your hosts, Michael McCall and Lee Gillis. Thank you so much for that, Donald Perry. You may recognise his voice from a, a number of places. He is our special announcer for these first ever Glory Days of Gold Awards. Are you all excited, guys? Yay! Yay! Smoking in anticipation. I, it's going to be great. Quite hot in here. It's not too bad here. We're like about 15, 16 degrees just now. As I say, we have dressed up. This is why we're hot. We're, we're wearing these dinner jackets and we've had the red carpet. It's been exciting. I mean, what what are you wearing today, Lee? Well, who are I've you wearing? My... Yeah, who am I wearing? Um, what are you I'm... wearing? Just sounds creepy. What are you wearing? Uh, I've got for uh, Dolce and Gabbana. I've got my Fendi man bag ready to rock and roll, and the best Manolo Blahnik stilettos. I'm ready to rock this. Gordon, is that Versace? I recognise there. It is, yeah, I'm wearing my Versace cravat. Um, in Nothing black else. And gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's you, a can, you, can, you can keep your cravat on. It sounds like something Bobby Lynn would do at an awards ceremony, to be honest. Uh, we've actually not even got Gordon on, we've dressed up a hobo as. Uh, and Doug, so some people may say it's hard to tell the difference. <laughs> some people may say it's an improvement, but I mean, Doug, who, who are you wearing? Uh, I'm wearing a TCC Turret Clothing Company trousers uh, and a Kappa top. So I'm, you know, can't go wrong uh, with Kappa. I, I'm rocking the Burberry as a wee Ned. So yeah, Let, uh, let's get into our very first award. Let's get on with the awards. Player of the year. So it's player of the year. It's the big one. We're kicking it off with this. We're, we're not going to just build up to what the Oscars do. You all want to hear our player of the year. We're going to do some series ones to start with and then some fun ones as we go on. What we're going to do, we're going to start each category. A different person will kick each thing off. And I'm just going to go with the order that it is on my screen. So for this one, it's Doug, then it's Lee, then it's Gordon, then it's myself. And then we'll just keep going in that order until we... We get to, to whatever and start all over again. So, Doug, who is your nomination for Player of the Year and why? Uh, thank you, Michael. Um, I have gone for um, East Fife's Player of the Season to be Ryan Wallace. Um, for every reason that you could imagine. I think he's been our best player, would be one. Um, just a guy that makes things happen. Every time when he's on the pitch, you, you, you think you've got a chance of, you know, getting goals from somewhere. So I um, I think he's been consistently when he plays our best player and our biggest threat. And 
he out of our whole squad he would be my number one that I would want to make sure was staying for the next season. So, uh, yes, my player of the season is Ryan Wallace. Interesting. Now, Lee, he's number one in your heart. He's also locked up in your basement just now. But, I mean, did he get your nomination? And what's going to actually be a surprise to everyone, yes, he's got my nomination. Uh, Ryan Wallace for our player of the year. Um, what will be a surprise to no one... Um, I can also exclusively announce that he's won our 3 2 1 player of the year. Um, so, Brian Wallace um, has won the accumulated the most points as well. But look, you know, my, my love for the guys well documented for every reason that Doug said and more. I think that you only have to look at him on the pitch to see that he cares. I mean, even when we're playing awful, he'll run himself into the ground for you. What else can I say? I love you, Ryan. Player of the year. I mean, that, that love is well documented primarily in restraining orders through the courts. Gordon. Nothing's proven yet, though. No, no. It's, 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 innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. The, the shackle marks on the, his leg don't go in your favour, but I mean, that'll get brought up in court. Gordon. And the bruise from the donkey punch. <laughs> oh, dear. Gordon, who is your nomination? My nomination for East Life Player of the Year is Ryan Wallace. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, he scores goals, he creates goals. He, you know, we look at a different team with him on the pitch. Um, I think he causes defence a lot of problems. He puts in a massive amount of effort. Uh, he links up midfield and attack very well. Just all round, exactly what you want in a player. I didn't really have to think about it too much. Now, just so the listeners know, we haven't discussed our nominations, so there's going to be some surprises along the way, and it'll be interesting. And then we'll get all the nominations and then come to our consensus. Now, I actually had Ryan Wallace as my runner-up, not just to be contrary, but I actually went for Chris Higgins. But I'll come to Chris Higgins in, a, in another category. He's obviously not going to win this. But the reason was consistency. And I feel Ryan's great when he's on, but he maybe wasn't consistent the whole season. And it's not his fault because he needs help. He needs the creativity. He needs fed. But I can't really argue with you guys. I think Ryan Wallace is the guy that's going to take this one. I don't even think we need to debate that too much more. Any any final comments on anyone in this category? No, I feel you Chris Higgins was a was a good shout, and he, he was in my top three. The, the other person that I debated, and it makes me sad to say it, was actually Brett Long. Um, I'd probably say our, our three most consistent players. Another one probably in my shout where a few of us would probably have been Stuart Murdoch. So there was, yeah, I, I totally get the Chris Higgins shout. He's been excellent throughout the majority of the season and, and might have been in for a, a full shout if he hadn't been given so many penalties away. Do, do you want uh, do you want to hear what the top five was in our, our three two one? Yes, go for that. In fifth place was Stuart Murdoch with ten points. Fourth, Danny Swanson's gloves. Danny Swanson's gloves. Uh, they got two points, but they're a wee bit down. Uh, fourth place was Chris Higgins on eleven. Third, Brett Long on thirteen. Mm. Second, Kevin Smith on sixteen, and top Brian Wallace on eighteen. So quite close. Yeah. yeah. 
Interesting one. Yep. And we, we do have our award for Ryan Wallace for the 3-2-1, which we will present to him next season in person because it's nice to give Dimit in person, I, I feel. So we're going to save it to next season, get a little photo opportunity if, if Lee's allowed that close to him. If not, we'll get one of, one of you guys to, to possibly do it. But that is our first award and the winner, Player of the Season for 2021, Ryan Wallace. Let's move on to the next award. Young Player of the Year. So, we're going younger. That's what you do when you get to middle age, or so I'm told. It's our Young Player of the Year. So, Lee, you can kick off the nominations for this one. I actually found this category the most difficult. Well, there, um, there is a thing as well, like, who do you class as young? Because this is the big debate we always have when we do it over here. We, we've we kind of said 23 or younger, but we don't have yeah. to do it. We can make it whatever we want. Right, I'll go for Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> young at heart. <laughs> um, so my young player of the year has gone to Liam Newton. Um, and I think I'll be surprised if that's not the general consensus. Look, we, you only have to look at the guy to see he's got an abundance of talent and how highly thought he is in the management team. He come on a couple of times, started a few games and, you know, a, a decent player. Um, and I think we all know that we've got a player on our hands. I, I'll be honest with you, I almost gave it to Cole McKinnon, but I felt yeah. that we didn't. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a, a top, top player. And he's seen a lot of flashes in that in the games that he played. However, for the fact that Liam's going to be a long-term player with us, we hope, um, I've gone for, for Liam. Gordon? Yep, I have also gone for Liam Newton. Um, I had two two candidates in mind, Liam Newton and also consider Jack Hamilton, but I felt that uh, going for our own player was yeah. the best thing to do. Um, yeah, Liam Newton has, uh, particularly at the end of the season, he's really come on a game, I think. When he first sort of started coming into the team, he looked good, um, but I I felt that he there was times when he maybe let the game go by him a little bit. But I think he certainly turned that around. Um, I think he won like going by the three two ones. I think he he got two man of the matches in a row. I think it was for Clyde and another game. He was excellent in those, and he, he really sort of took the game by the scruff of the neck. He was sort of driving us forward getting himself about. Um, yeah, so I think he's had a really good season and I think he's in a really good position to kind of push on and really try and kind of cement a place in the first team, hopefully, next season. Yeah, I mean, Jack Hamilton is right up there, but he wasn't our player. If he'd been with us for the whole season, I would maybe have considered it in contention. But yeah, Liam Newton for me as well. I thought we might have... Let's hope all the awards are not us all agreeing on this because this might not go as exciting as we thought but for me it's great to see a guy coming through the ranks excited for the future of what that might hold in store I want to see him integrated in the squad more I'd like to kind of see the midfield built around him a little bit to give him the chance to play put him in a, a winning position by having some experienced heads around him I'm excited as to, to what his ceiling is Obviously, if it's a high ceiling, we're not going to keep him for very long, but he's just been excellent. I I feel we need to get him playing more, though, to get the, the real best out of him. Doug? 
My young player of the year is Liam Newton. <laughs> Very much echoing what everyone's been saying. I actually wrote McKinnon, Fenton, Jesus Christ, and Newton. All had very similar game time, I would say, over the over the season. You know, they played a couple and then dropped out. And all three were really similar in terms of they had really, really good moments, like really good moments in games where you're like, this boy's a real player. And then games you were a wee bit disappointed where they just didn't quite get into the game, as Gordon said. Um, I kind of narrowed it down between Cole McKinnon and Liam Newton. And the main reason I gave it to Liam Newton is because he's ours. Yeah. He's um, one of our own. He's I, one think, of I our think Cole own. McKinnon could well become a, a very, very good player. He showed a lot, I thought. But, no, I think, um, yeah, I think we're all, there's a little bit of excitement about Liam Newton. I think he needs to give a little bit more in many ways and, you know, put himself about a little bit more. But, yeah, I think he'll be a mainstay in our team next season and well-deserving of our Young Player of the Year, Very of which you'll get nothing. Yes. He, he gets our love. That's that's more important than anything. We're not made of money here at no, Glory Days at no, home, no. you know? Without digressing too much, but I do want to kind of bring this up because a couple of years mentioned Cole McKinnon. Obviously, he's 18. The chances of him getting playing time regularly in the Rangers' first team, I feel, is slim. So it's like, what do Rangers do with him? A lot might depend on this whole Colts thing that's getting discussed. If they do get a team in, obviously he'll be a mainstay there. If it gets the kibosh or they feel that the lower league's too low for him, or Lowland League's too low for him. Could we maybe get him back next year? Would you want him back next year? Yeah, 100%. Yep. Take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I would take him back. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm potentially maybe not as big a fan of him as you guys are by the sounds of it, but he does look, he does look like a kind of classy player and I think, you know, maybe that's a bit of a, you know, it's his first experience of first team football that's maybe a bit more blood and thunder and maybe just he needs a little while to get used to that but I'd take him back yeah I'm sure it's a lot more robust than than what he's was used to yeah and a lot of these young guys it's a it's a big eye-opening experience for them and it kind of shows what they've got if you can make it in the lower leagues and still be skillful you, you've got a bright future like Jason Kerr is a great example of, of of that, just come down, yep, I did it at this level, we've had keepers over the years as well. The only thing, if we had McKinnon back next year, I would imagine Rangers would be like, he needs to play pretty much every game. So then you're building a, a team around him, yeah, possibly. Wouldn't, 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 take him back and, wouldn't take him back if they were to yeah. say that. Yeah, he's got to, he's got to win a place in the team. If you can't win a place in these five team, you can't win a place in the Rangers team. That's what they would be getting I think, told. I think for me, I mean... Jason cares the benchmark of loan signings, like yeah. genuinely. I, I've, not, I, I've not seen a guy of that age when he came to his wife stroll it as much as he did. And I remember I remember saying to my mate at one of the games that I reckon he'll become the first million-pound player to have played for his wife. I think he's different gravy. Yeah, well, I, I thought he'd good shout. I, I thought he'd play for Scotland. Um, he still might. Gary Naismith said the exact same thing. He said that um, that he's like he'll be a, a future Scotland cap. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, 
I would take him to the Euros, by the way. Just saying. Mm. I would take he's him got, the Euros. He's got everything you want. Everything you want in a centre-half. Let's hope we can be talking about Liam Newton in the same way in years to come. Who knows? But congratulations for now. The very first ever Glory Days of Gold Young Player of the Season. Let's move on now to our next award. Newcomer of the Year. So we're at Newcomer of the Year for this award. Now, to set the criteria for this, we've kind of made it what player came to the club this season and was the best addition to the squad. So it could be a loan signing if you wanted. It could be a guy that was a a guy that was signed permanently to the club in the off-season. But the guy that you feel has come in and had the biggest impact on the team. And we start off with the nominations in this one with Gordon. Yeah, my nomination for Newcomer of the Year is Jack Hamilton. Um, it's obviously a little bit difficult around loan signings, particularly when we only had him for half of the year. But he made a big impact in that half of the year. Um, he was obviously an incredibly important player for us. I think we suffered when we lost him. Um, you know, it's, it's a season where we didn't make too many signings. Um, and so I think in terms of you know, there were some players we signed who probably played as many or fewer minutes than Jack Hamilton. Um, but I thought, yeah, over the season, um, he was a great player to have. Yeah, go for him. I, I would have loved this one to be Danny Swanson. And we were talking about how he had lit up the league and that everything was, was fantastic. And although I don't like giving some of these awards to lone guys or guys that's not been with us the, the whole season, mine's was Jack Hamilton as well. The impact that he made this season, I feel, deserves to be acknowledged in our awards and in some capacity. That's not why I came up with this award, but it it's one that I feel Jack deserves. And you notice it because of the fact that he did leave and how different the team was when he, when he did move on. What about yourself, Doug? Uh, my newcomer of the year award goes to Jackson Hamilton. Oh, this is going Sorry. to be awful if all these yeah. awards are the same. Maybe we should have conferred beforehand. But yeah, that that all it shows is that either we know what we're talking about or we all equally don't, which is probably more the case. Um, Jack Hamilton would have won Player of the Year, Young Player of the Year, Newcomer of the Year if he'd stayed the whole season. I have no doubt about that. He was, yeah, he, he was as good a lone striker as I can remember us having, probably since Craig O'Reilly, who then became rubbish when he actually signed for us. But no, Jack Hamilton was quality and he has proved to our both that he's quality at that level. And I think he'll, he could be very good in the future. But no, he was, uh, he was, he was a joy to have, I would say, as a fan. Yeah. Pretty good. Can't can't uh, can't argue with that. You gonna shock us, Lee? No. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Look, I'll not elaborate. Jack Hamilton, newcomer of the year. Everything you guys have said, bang on. Yeah. Congratulations, Jack. We would welcome you back in a heartbeat. For your own good, though, you need to be playing at a higher level, and you've got what it takes. So, congratulations. Let's move on to the next award. Unsung Hero. So, Unsung Hero. Now, this could be the guy that you just feel puts in a shift every game and maybe doesn't get the recognition he deserves, or the guy that's the heart of the team, the spine of the team that maybe folk don't talk about as much as they should. 
And I'm kicking this one off, and I've gone with who was my nomination for Player of the Year, Chris Higgins, in this regard. I, I just feel he's been a guy that we, we don't talk about enough of what he means to to this team. And I think he's a guy that if he moves on, we will really notice then about the absence that he has. He's got that experience. I think he's the kind of guy you want in the dressing room as well for the younger guys. He, if you've got a young midfield ahead of him, so say you've got Newton and McKinnon playing in front next season, just dream scenario potentially. You want to have some experienced heads behind him, telling them where to go. If you've got some young defenders in, earning their minutes, Chris Higgins is the guy that you want. But he gives it all. He does also maybe give away a few penalties, maybe that, that he shouldn't have this, this season, but that happens. Maybe he was trying to do too much. But he's my nomination, Doug, for Unsung Hero. You going to go out the, the way and have a different one? My Unsung Hero of this season is Stuart Murdoch. Oh. Um, I think consistently for years, he's been a really, really good player for us. Really good. And I know we we, we recognise him because we, we talk about him as being a guy that would be sore to lose, but he's, he's a hard guy. He gets him, you know, stuck in with the tackles. He's a good footballer. I mean, he did play centre midfield, I think is obviously as a younger player uh, and for us when he first came on loan, just a, yeah, just a really consistent seven or eight out of 10, pretty much every game. And I was thinking, I don't remember him giving away a penalty. Like, you know what I mean? I, yeah. You must be the only one in that one then. Well, that well, yeah, true. Um, so that means that he's not a rash idiot. And he knows what he's doing. So no, I am. Um, I'm a big fan of his, and I think he maybe doesn't always get the credit that he deserves, just because you get used to him being consistently good. So uh, Stuart Murdoch for me. Yeah, if I was picking a runner-up, I would probably go on with Murdoch as well. I we're like not, what we're not picking runners-up. No, because we'll be here all night. But anyway, Absolutely. Lee, who's your unsung hero? Well, speaking of picking runners-up, Michael, I think you'll be doing that again, as I have also gone for Stuart Murdoch. I think that the guy is absolutely outstanding. Um, I harshly judged him in previous years um, where I was only seeing bits of him and I must have just seen him when he was having an off game. But to be honest, I, I think he's been Mr. Consistent all season. Very rarely puts in a poor performance. And to be honest, alongside Ryan Wallace and Kevin Smith would probably be the player I'd be most gutted to lose. Pretty fair. Gordon? So I could take this to a tiebreak here. Ooh. But I won't because I have also gone for Stuart Murdoch. <laughs> uh, I think um, with this one, it's, you know, you have to think about what unsung is. Mm. Um, and I think Murdoch's the kind of player, you know, when you watch him every week, you realise how good he is. Exactly what Doug was saying. He's, he doesn't have a bad game. And he's one of these guys... Um, who you could probably put in the three-two-one every week, or at least make a make a kind of shout for it. I think um, I try to think like opposition fans. You know, if they, if you only see his five two or three times a season, who's the player that maybe doesn't stand out for them, but is you know the biggest difference between what they think and what we think? And mm. I I, th- I think some of them will probably notice Higgins a bit more, um, but I think they probably don't pick up what a consistently good player Murdoch is. 
Um, also, because he's a fullback, and he's you know his 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 main strength is probably sort of defensive. And I think when you we see that, but I think opposition fans and you know they probably don't pick up on him as much. So that's why I went for him. Yeah, sometimes if you're a defender. You're or like defensive midfielders are a prime example. You're doing the hard grunt work, and you only notice them if they do something wrong. If they're just going around doing a normal game, mopping up everything, they they don't stand out as much. So yeah, I'm happy. Stuart Murdoch, big fan of his work with Bell and Sebastian as well. So mm-hmm. he is our unsung hero. For the Did he not play for Dundee United as well? So he literally could be the boy with the Arab strap. <laughs> oh, excellent. Very good. Very good job, Lee. Let's move on to the next award, and it's another one of the biggies, the majors. Goal of the year. Goal of the year. Who could it be? I'm not good at remembering these kind of things, but thankfully East Five had put together their compilation of their highlights, so I did watch that. But we'll kick this category off with Doug. My goal of the year goes to Kevin Smith. For his the East Fife's second goal at home to Montrose, um, almost all footballers at any level can occasionally connect with a thirty-yard screamer that goes in the top bin, and you surprise yourself and you go, "Oh, that was unbelievable!" But his goal was class, and not many players could do that. It was it was Matt Latissier esque, where he sort of lobbed it over the defender, who then fell in his arse, which made it look even better, and then just. Very controlled, deft little lob over the goalkeeper. It was, yeah, it was class. That was the word very much for it. And he gets my goal of the season. Interesting selection. I I have a feeling this could be a category that we do all have different answers for, but we'll see. Lee? I was between two, and I'll tell you the two. Jack Hamilton's Thunder Bastard versus Montrose. Um, I love the first touch that he takes to take it past the defender. And then he only ever has one thing in mind is I'm going to twat this. Um, and he just looks up, smashes it top bins. Um, as good a goal, you'll see at any level. My other one that I, I, I really liked was Ryan Wallace versus Cowden Beef. Not only because it was against the Unwashed, but because the, the, the technique that it took... To, to take that sort of half volley on the slide and go top bins is really, really good. Outrageous, it was described by as the commentary team. It was outrageous. And what is also outrageous is I haven't picked it and I've gone for Jack Hamilton versus Montrose. Interesting. Gordon. So in kind of trying to research this a wee bit, it really just hit home how many really good goals we've scored this season. This yeah. is very tough. But I, I whittled it down to two. Uh, my second place is, is Ryan Wallace versus Dumbarton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Slattery puts it in, Wallace chests it, and then sticks it over the keeper into the opposite corner. The only reason that got pushed into second, well, one, because the first goal was excellent, but the, the hit itself wasn't very clean. Um, that's that's the only thing I'm differentiating. But number one, I have also gone for Kevin Smith versus Montrose. Um, pretty much like Doug says, it's just, it's just, it's just classy, and you know, just that thing and knocking you know, knocking a ball over a defender's head is just, 
It's just brilliant. Making him look like a total idiot is fantastic. And then to lob the keeper as well. Like the, that double lob is, you know, so rare and only very good players do it during games. Um, and it's just a fantastic goal. I have to pick it. This is interesting because, well, I came up with a top three and Smith's wasn't in my top three. Um, I might need to see this again. I must have completely missed it when I was watching that. Like the lob. I remember the finish. I must have missed something there. I went as runner-up, Wallace against Cowden. That's how I know it was outrageous because I wrote that down as my note. Um, I actually came up with a top three. I had Dunsmore against Dumbarton as third because I liked the teamwork and the build-up play. So it's what you look for in a goal that makes a goal special. And I like a goal that's got good build-up play. But my winner was Gordon's runner-up, which was Wallace against Dumbarton, just because of the, the skill to the chest and the volley. Maybe I didn't notice that it wasn't a clean hit. So that's interesting. But we do have two votes for Kevin Smith. So do we go with the consensus and give it to Kevin Smith? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to give it the, to Smith. The way that you guys described it, actually, I've clearly missed the the double lob. So that sounded magnificent. So I obviously wasn't paying properly attention. So let's go with that. Congratulations, well done, Kev. Kev. One of the major winners from from this. If we go into golf's Doug, golf's Doug, Doug's golf, sort of references. Golf dog is a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah, that's it, my new podcast. It, it's like it's a, it's soccer, a dog. soccer dog. Yeah. Golf dog. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I keep meaning to dig out, so I will watch that at some point because it just sounds so bad that I really want to watch it. Oh, well played, Gordon. That's good. But let's move on now to our next category. Save of the year. So it's save of the year. And I've already admitted to the guys, I have no recollection of any of these at all. So we're going to kick this category off with Lee. I'm not going to be much use in this one. Yeah, thanks for dropping me right in it because I found it quite difficult as well. And I put it in the group chat to see if anybody could confirm it was that game. He's all told me to shut my face and we were keeping them to ourselves. But I want <laughs> to say it was Brett Long versus Falkirk. Um, and from what my memory of it, it was a, a outrageous point-blank save Kenny Duker's boxers looked like an empty yum yum wrapper after it because he was going on for ages that it was the best save that he'd seen um, at any level and I couldn't agree more. I'll apologise if it wasn't against Falkirk but that's the save that I remember. Gordon? Yeah, I, I mean, this is always more difficult than goals. Um, mm. I, I, I took a look over some of the highlights to try and see but I'm going with Lee as well. It, it was against Falkirk. It was... A corner came in, the ball sort of bobbled a little bit, maybe on the edge of the six-yard box just inside it. A Falkirk player kind of took a snapshot and I, Brett Long's just reacted to it. Um, it was a fantastic save. Um, I think, especially when you watch it full speed, um, and I think I, I, I sort of remember all of us saying when we were watching it uh, on the podcast afterwards that you, just, you assume it's a goal, that's it. You see a Falkirk player shooting um, and it's so easily could have you know he could have let it hit his hand and go in but you know he's managed to get it round um there's not too many i remember but that one was good and so i'm going to go with that he made that he made an absolute barrel load of them against partick as well and you could easily pick any of them but that yeah. one was unreal because I, I was going to say 
there's only a couple of games that stick in my mind and they're more recent ones. That Partick game, I do remember like a string of saves and it's like, how are we keeping Partick off this, the score sheet here? And then Hart, I think it would have been, against Dumbarton, the game that we lost through there. I seem to remember him making a, a number of big stops in that one. I I honestly can't pick one because I, I genuinely are crap at remembering these. So your your two that you guys have nominated there sound good. Doug, are you going to be controversial? Are you going to go for a defender's goal line clearance? Uh, do you know what I I have got a controversial one that I that I instantly wrote down, but it's not what I'm going to worry about. I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, my save of the year goes to Brett Long versus Falkirk. Uh, I will not bore you anymore. Just say what they said. My controversial first written down one was David Marshall versus Serbia for Scotland. Yes. Um, but obviously, keeping it East Fife themed, then we'd give yeah, it to Yeah, I, I didn't Britain. write enough mention that it had to be East Fife related, but I think that's everyone's save of the year. Um, save it all but, time for me. Yeah. I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show. I mentioned it on our show here. Did you know that you can scream so loud that you can really almost tear your asshole and it can hurt for a couple of days afterwards? Because that was me when that save went in. I didn't know yeah, it was sure. a possibility. And I was like, yeah, that was that was why. That's what I told the wife. He was wearing a butt plug at the time. Why can't you sit down? Uh, that David Marshall save? Yeah. And she doesn't know it was like a month before, but I mean, that, that was fine. So yeah, let's go with that that great save. Well done, Brett Long. I'll try and pay more attention for next next year. Let's move on now to the next category. Miss of the year. So miss of the year. Obviously, it's all our loved ones. They are our misses of the year. But in a footballing sense, what are you kicking things off with, Gordon? I have gone for Aaron Dunsmore at home to Dumbarton in the first game I'd kind of forgotten this one I had uh, Danny Swanson versus Montrose penciled in but then I saw this one Um, the ball was kind of cut across from the left and he just you know it wasn't quite an open goal but he had the whole goal there absolutely begging for it and he just blasted it right into the sea so that was uh, that's what I've gone for the only one of this that stuck in my head and I can't even remember the game, it was Ryan Wallace having a blast over when he should have scored, and I think it was possibly a costly game. Might have been Partick. And it was a game that we drew, and ultimately it's proved costly because those extra points, if he'd put that away, would have helped us. I just can't for the life of me remember what it is. Maybe one of you two will be coming up with that one. Doug? Uh, my miss of the year is Daniel Denholm versus Partick Thistle. 2-0 up, um, cruising, dominating the game. Not that long before half-time, Ryan Wallace gets it wide, cuts it across. It wasn't an absolute simple finish, but it wasn't far off. No goalie, slightly behind him, and he put it over the bar. And if we'd scored that, I think we would have won that game Partick wouldn't be champions. Uh, we would have been champions. Uh, he needs released. He's cost us the title. Uh, 
No, uh, yeah, Danny Denham's Miss versus Partick is my miss of the season for it. Um, what it meant. Mm. It's, it's always... It, it's fun, but it's also annoying. At the end of a season, you can look back, like if you've just missed something, if you've just missed the playoffs by goal difference or a point or just something so close, you can look back at all these moments. And I know every single team can, but they stand out. It, when you when you've got things something that's been missed that that close, anyway, Lee, who have you gone for? I've gone for Ryan Walsh against Peterhead. Um, no nil at that point. Very early on in the game, I think he takes that and we settle. But then obviously Peterhead score. Granted, we win it, but then he just went on a total heads gone for the rest of the game and was trying to take everybody in their dugout. Um, but that. I'm not embarrassed to say that I fell to my knees in despair when he missed that one because I, that game it obviously really mattered. Like it was a must-win game for us, um, and I thought that we'd, we'd blown it early on. So, yeah, it has to be Ryan versus Peterhead. Hmm. So we have a a bit of a dilemma now. So well, I, I think is that we can agree. You said, Michael? It might be. I don't. I can't remember. Let, let's just for now, let's just award it to Ryan Wallace. He's player of the year and he's got the miss of the year. But we, he's we can, always my miss. Yeah, oh, yes. You'd love him to be your missus. We, we do understand that. 100%. The next category. Let's get to that now. Highlight of the season. So I, I'm kicking off this category and it's, it's highlight of the season. It's going to be interesting how we all come at, at this because it could be a game it could be a, a moment in a game it could be a specific player it could be something off the pitch that the club's done in the community so I'm going to be interested to see what we think of as our highlight of the season my runner-up was the ending that was a big big highlight to me I, I was thoroughly enjoying of that I th- th- this is tough because it's going to sound sappy a a little bit but my highlight of the season is actually Lee Gillis and you know I'm gonna gonna surprise you here because you don't know I'm, I'm doing this and I'm gonna get all gushy I just feel what you did with raising that money after the 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 fine the stupid fine that's part of it but this this whole podcast was your idea and you posted out just wanting for tips and advice and then I got in touch and then it sprung and my highlight of the season has been doing this I've really enjoyed it having you two guys on as well regularly I think it's great I think we've got a good thing going and it's made the season a crap season ultimately way more enjoyable it's helped us all get a connection during the these weird times and then the shows that we've done with interviews and stuff, I, I think it's been great. And I think the, the fans have really enjoyed it. So, Lee, you've been my highlight of the season. Mate, I've already been an emotional wreck today. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't uh, need, need any more justification to, to cry again. But no, thank you so much. And yeah, um, I'm going to echo that. It was actually mine too. Um, was me. No. Um, was, the, <laughs> was, the, was the podcast. Um you know, it's properly, like, obviously I've all, always had my love for the club, but it's completely reinvigorated it all over again 
you know, working in retail, I, I don't get every week. Um, and, and it's just proper got me right back into it. I bought my season ticket. And I think that on the back of that as well, the, the coming together of the listeners of the show, the, the money we raised to get our sponsorship board, then the GPS vest to sponsor Danny Swanson. And we've put a lot of money into the club. Um, I'm getting the last lot of the donation through um, tomorrow because from GoFundMe it comes in chunks. So the last one comes tomorrow and we'll be transferring £3,000 into these five coffers. So um, definitely, the, you know, the podcast and what we've done for the club as a, as a fan base has been amazing. I remember there's also the, the Glory Days of Gold Stoke AFTN Cayman Islands account. We'll need to talk about that. Coke that- and Hooker's party, woo no pressure on you, Doug. <laughs> oh, be honest. Like, be honest with what you've said is your highlight. We're just being sappy here. I'm, I'm absolutely going to. I'm going I'm, I'm to bring this back to sort of, you know, like real stuff. Highlight of the season, 2nd of January, 2021. East Fife 2, Falkirk 1. Last mm. league game before lockdown, Ged. Oh. It, was, it was at that time where... It was a huge game, and you felt like, oh, if we win this, we're... And it was just a great performance from start to finish. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I kind of thought of that straight away. I did write down about pretty much what Lee said about doing the podcast, and therefore, and I'll say this horribly, having to watch the games has kind of reignited my my um, passion not that it completely disappeared, but it was it was waning slightly. Um, so no, it has. It's been a the, the, the podcast. I'd be happy for it to get the vote because it's got it, it's it's given a purpose for me. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but like that that once a week thing has been a big thing to look forward to, and I've like you know not wanted to miss it for at any point. So it's been a it's been it's been a great ride. You know, I mean peaks and troughs of life and it's a shame this is our last ever episode but I mean what yeah, exactly. go out? I know the good news is for the listeners that next year's hosts will be Doug Perry and Gordon Henderson yeah it's the D&G sponsored um, by Dolce and Gabbana so I mean but, but my, my vote is East 5-2 Falkirk 1 mm. I, th- that game actually I hadn't realised if I'd thought about it then I would have but that was the last game before lockdown, and it's like it killed us. It killed our momentum. We were on a roll. We were starting to do well, and it kind of changed the, the whole season after that. Gordon. Yep. Uh, like Doug, I'm uh, an emotionless robot, and I have just very much focused on football. So I have also gone for that Falkirk game, but I've made it more specific. I put a second goal versus Falkirk. Because going into that game, we were—it felt like we turned it around a little bit. Um, we were on, we were playing well. We were on a bit of a roll. Falkirk was a big test for us. I thought, you know, we were the better team, but you know, we conceded a goal, and it sort of felt like that was it. Maybe slipping away from us a little bit. And I remember it because I'd got up to go and get a drink or go to the loo or something like that. Um, but we had a, I can't actually remember it was a corner or a free kick, but we had something I thought, oh, I'll just I'll just watch this. Um, and I, I kind of stood to watch it and that went in. And that was probably the only only moment this season where I've genuinely kind of gone a bit mental, like I would if I was in the ground. Mm. Cause, and, you know, that win felt like 
right, we've actually turned the bad start around. This is a big test, we've passed it, and then boom, lockdown. Like you say, done. Um, but I would also uh, be very happy for it to go to this podcast slash GoFundMe. Um, it's, um, you know, football is something that I look forward to in normal times. You know, it's some, I look forward to Saturday because I can go to the football. And I think if I, if we didn't have this, I certainly wouldn't look forward to football in the same way. Um, mm. I don't find it the same kind of sitting on my own watching watching a, a pixel uh, yeah. camera with terrible commentary and, and this has made a massive difference to me and, and my enjoyment of the season so I would happily vote for that I, I think we'll give it to the the Falkirk win if you're okay with that Lee but we'll give a hat tip to, to that just it, so we're not being accused my of being up our own ass it was my second, um, and like Gordon said, um, the Jack Hamilton goal um, was, you know, a, a proper moment of elation. But not only that, we played them off the park. And while you guys were waffling on about the stuff that didn't um, mention me by name, Doug and Gordon, um, I decided to bring up the stats. I mean, we had 11 shots, three on target, 57% possession, um, we didn't get a single card in that game, which was an absolute miracle. Um, so yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, happy for it to I go. Think that. Dunsmore wasn't playing. Um, hold on, I'll tell you just now. <laughs> he will have been because oh. he doesn't change the team that much. Oh, he wasn't. <laughs> he, wasn't okay. <laughs> he didn't even get off the bench. Oh yeah, that, that explains it all. Then, I mean that 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 was a a big win. I remember it now. I, I I'd completely forgotten that I had Jack Hamilton as being one of my other highlights just because of how he came in and lit it up and just the enthusiasm that he he gave of what I thought this team was going to be. And then again, that got pulled away and ripped away from us as well. I mean, the last thing I'll say about doing the show, I have felt quite disconnected with the team. Um, just the last few years, just... I've only watched the highlights. So, I mean, this has made me get up and watch the full game and I've enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, I feel, I, I know a lot more about the club again after a, a kind of spell in the sort of mid-teens where I didn't really, I couldn't tell you who was even playing on the team or what games were on what. So, let's give it to Falkirk. But I know it's tipped to us. And let, let us know all yours, of course, for these categories as well. But I mean, that, that was our highlight of the season. Can only bring us on to the next award. Biggest disappointment of the season. So the, the biggest disappointment of the season in a season that was disappointing. I'm curious to see if we've all gone for the same one or two for this. Let's kick this one off with Doug. Oh, I am. Um, I've got two. And I can't decide because again it's like the last one it's two I'll say them both and I'll make a call in football terms I went Dumbarton 2 East 5-1 the game where we played away at Dumbarton and we had a real chance if we'd won that game to guarantee top four but really start I think that would have got us like three points off top and we were woeful like so bad and that's when we scored with our only shot and goal in the 93rd minute and it was like a and we were just we looked completely second best, a dreadful Dumbarton team. And it was it was it was the only match of the season where I generally just felt really depressed watching it. 
Because we got gubbed by Montrose away, but they're good. We got gubbed by Park away, but they're good. So that's fine. You can accept that. But the Martin are wash, and that really annoyed me. That's one. The other one's just the simple fact of not being able to go to a game. And for me, it's not being, being able to go to an away game. Um, I, I've talked about it before on the show. Just getting on a train with the boys, having a beer, going to random pubs in random towns, whether it's staying overnight, you know, just, I just, I massively miss that. And, and already have been chatting to my mates about, you know, as soon as the fixtures get announced, right, we're booking accommodation away. It's whatever crap town we go to, probably Aberdeen for Cove. Um, there's just, it's it's no fans and not being able to go to the games. Oh, I'll, I went with the football last time, so I'll go with the uh, emotional one of uh, just no fans, no games. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, hopefully, that folk take out once the pandemic's over and we're all back at games is just to appreciate the small things in life that we maybe took for granted before. It's like we all moan like fuck when we're watching us get beat away from home or whatever, but to not then have the chance to go and do that and get that taken away from you, I think it does make you appreciate these little things a, a bit more to get all sappy again. What about yourself, Lee? I was stuck between two as in games and then one overriding thing. I think the disappointing thing for me was not getting the playoffs. Um, you know, that I, I, I was absolutely gutted after watching us that night. Um at Airdrie where, you know, we really needed to get a result and we we're pretty shite by all accounts. But the the two games that, that, that sickened me the most were us against Morton in the Cup, where I thought we were excellent and then just didn't manage the game properly. But my ultimate disappointment was the Partick game. Um, I've never, ever felt in the pit of my stomach a sickness as we did when we conceded the the late equaliser against them, because it would have been two great home results against the two biggest teams in the league, and I genuinely believe had those two lost um, the the game against Green at Morton and the subsequent game against um, Partick Thistle, had those results not happened, I probably would have seen us in the playoffs. So I'm going to go. And final answer, um, Chris, is the Partick game. Interesting. Gordon? Pretty similar to Lee. I think I'd, I've written two things down, and it's Airdrie game and Partick last-minute equaliser. I'm going to go with Partick because I think the Airdrie game, I mean, beforehand, I think like the podcast before, we were doing predictions of what we thought were going to happen, and I said... I think we'll beat Peterhead, I think we'll get beat by Airdrie and we'll miss out. Now, the way it worked was a little bit more sickening because we thought Cove had a chance of sort of giving it to us. But, you know, watching that game, we were beaten pretty comfortably by Airdrie. And although it was disappointing, it wasn't quite as sort of sharp. That part of equaliser, um, you know, it's interesting, Lee kind of mentioned the Falkirk game as well, and it felt very similar. It felt like a it felt like a bit of a game where, you know, if we win this, we go pretty close to the top. We're actually in a wee good run and, you know, it almost knocked Partick out. Um, to be 2-0 up at half-time, to feel like 
we're coasting. We've got this. It's just a a matter of how much. Um, and there was a little bit of a feeling of kind of inevitability about it. Like by the end, you felt we actually didn't deserve. Maybe we didn't deserve the win, and but we were going to sneak it anyway. And then to lose it in what the ninety fourth, ninety fifth minute. Um, but of course, another thought I had was, as gutting as that was, it would have been, you know, two, three, four, five times as gutting if I was at that game. That would have been, you know, and it's just like that thing of being at the game. Everything is a bit more. Everything's just a bit more. Um, so it's a it is a general low light of the season as well to to not being you know, not being able to get to any game and no fan being going to any game, but. Yeah, the moment it's the moment itself was that 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 equaliser against Partick. Gutting. I think I'll give a hat tip for for Dogs One when we when we give the final awards. I'm going to type these up and, and put them up on AFTN as well so that they're there for posterity. So we'll give a hat tip to that. The easy answer is not making the playoffs, obviously, but I kind of broke that down a little bit, and I went back and forth as to whether I wanted to give it to that Thistle game. So I think because of what you guys have said, we'll have that probably a, a, as the winner just giving up that two-goal lead. The only reason I didn't solely say that is I do feel Partick deserved something from that game because they squandered so many chances that they, they could have. But to be two goals up, and I think that might have been the game that Ryan Wallace had the miss that I'm talking about. I can't remember. But that, I mean, that was just heartbreaking. But what my final answer was was the inability to hold on to to leads when it really mattered. And it's the Morton game and the Thistle game. Because just if we just held on for a couple of minutes, if Darren had managed the game better, just if the players had managed the game better and we hadn't given up that late goal against Morton, if we hadn't given up the second goal against Partick, just what that could have done for our season, where we could have been. Not giving the goal up against Morton could have cost us because we'd have had another cup tie and we could have been tireder and then we wouldn't have made the playoffs anyway. But the, the Thistle game just felt like, like where it came off the, the tracks. It kick-started Thistle. It kind of put the nail in the coffin to, to us. So uh, if, if we're all happy with that, maybe give it to the biggest disappointment is that Thistle game. Yep. Excellent. So we've got four more awards. You'll be glad to know this has maybe gone on longer than I thought. We had a lot more awards and we narrowed it down to this. So just imagine if we'd gone with the full slate. Let's go on to the next one. Biggest what the fuck moment of the season. And a guy that I'm sure says this a lot, and not just in his football life, but in his personal life, Lee Gillis, to kick this one off. Yeah, don't you know it? You'd only have to listen to me playing FIFA for half an hour and I heard that sentence about 10 times. I just uh, love that phrase. I use it so much here and it's not really a, a phrase that's, that's yeah. used much here. It definitely needs to be more integrated into our uh, colonial cousins. They need to be saying it a bit more. To be honest, there was a few. Um, I've given it to Pix a lot. Um, I think that because one of our later um, segments will will come to that, but I mean, wow, what in the fuckery is that about? Um, the Dumbarton game, the Forfer game, the Montrose game. I mean, those three games alone probably cost me just shy of fifty quid for watching seagulls, bald heads, snowballs, um, yeah. substitutes training. 
I mean, if there's anything that, like, literally, Pixelot should be um, in the dictionary next to what the fuck are WTF as it's uh, shortened as. I think this is going to be one of these categories where we have a lot of nominations, so this could be good. So, Gordon? I will nominate for what the fuck moment of this season, I will nominate the SPFL mm. for finding East Fife for not carrying out the fixture against Clyde. Um, so we, we talked a lot about that, um, but afterwards they had players that were isolating. Yes. Um, I find it just utterly ridiculous and obviously so does everyone else because a lot of folk, and not just these five fans, have kind of given, uh, donated to our GoFundMe. I thought it was just, it was the worst type of just brainless, defensive bureaucracy, which is pretty much exactly what is always levelled at the SPFL and they just played in it perfectly it was moronic so they get it and to back up your SPFL we could talk about the fact that the Lowland Leagues had to postpone um, their fixtures considering the higher leagues didn't despite us having the money for testing yeah um, to be honest I could definitely throw my colossal weight behind the SPFL if, if it comes down to a vote. Well, yeah, because mine was actually going to be the fine incident, but I think we can actually say the SPFL on a whole, just the way they've handled this season, the uncertainty that they've created, the lateness of decisions. I mean, like even, is there going to be a playoff for Brecon to, to play against one of these teams? It's like they left it to the last second. How is teams meant to be fully prepared for stuff like that? But my original one was the fact that they fined East Fife for... I, I still can't understand. And I, I wrote to Off the Ball about this and they didn't even bring it up. And when they were talking to, to Jason Leach, and I know other fans had got in touch with the show as well. But the, the fact that generally across Scottish football, and here when I was telling folks, they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, and players are now missing games. And it's like, that makes no sense. I'm like, I know. But, yeah, that was mine. But I think SPFL probably deserve it on a, a whole. What, what say you, Doug? Um, I, I I mean, I'll say now that they will win this award, but they've not got my vote. I'm going to actually tiny bit just back them up on one thing and say that I don't think the clubs helped the SPFL at all with absolute self-centred decision-making and prolonging decisions, every, everyone being very much about me, 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 which I get. Yes. That definitely didn't help them in that respect. So, eh, much more trivial and far less deep than anything you guys have said. My why the face moment um, is snow and far, far. <laughs> uh, Interestingly, I, I give a mention of that later. <laughs> and specifically, Greg Spence, who... His best thing he did in an East Fife shirt was at halftime, he drew a massive GS like a child in the playing surface so that as the game wore on the second half, he just saw GS on the pitch. And I thought, what's that all about? But the whole thing was farcical. The fact that you're like, okay, it's a nice game for her. We're playing actually really well. And, oh, it's chucking down the snow it might get abandoned. What's going on? It's like April or whenever it was. Um, so I, I'm going to give it to Greg Spence for being a child. But it was the best thing he did in the East Fisher. 
I did not know he did that. That is true. Yeah, it, like, it, was, it was pretty big. Like, it wasn't, uh, yeah, it was very, very noticeable. When, when it I was like seven, or eight, seven or eight feet letters. Jeez, I completely. Oh, I didn't watch the first half of that game, I remember, because I woke up in the, midway through the second half and it was like there's been snow. It, I, it could it could only have been better if he pissed his initials onto the pitch. <laughs> Maybe he did. <laughs> I I almost went when I first thought of this category. I was like, oh, snow in April. That that does sound unusual. But we've had snow in April before in in Scotland, and it's not a rare occurrence. I remember I think it was the that... something in April in the snow up when I was working there. I think it's the fact that it genuinely almost got called off. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, you know, the ref came on the pitch to roll the ball about as they do, and then both managers were out. And so it actually had a chance of being called off, which would have oh, been quite common. Imagine if that had been called off, and then it was rescheduled for the Thursday where we did play Clyde, and then they couldn't reschedule that Clyde fixture. What would have happened then with the fine? Could they have said the season wasn't finished? <laughs> Who knows? Oh, though that was in the playoffs, mind you. Oh, that'd have been it. Just they might not have been able to finish the season if they couldn't have played that game again. And then Falkirk would have been in the playoffs. <laughs> anyway, so I think well, we all agree we're going to give it to the SPFL, yeah. but there's been some of the good nominations there. Excellent. We're in the home stretch now, guys. It's the next award. Stream highlight of the year. So this one could be. Uh, the East Five stream, or it could be an opposition stream. But we are going to be talking about the opposition stream as well in the next award, just as a spoiler. So let's kick this one off. I think it's Gordon that's kicking this one off. I uh, there was a couple couple of thoughts come to mind of this one. Um, well, one one for East Five TV and one for opposition. In second place, I'm just going to put Kenny Duker. Um, it was was it. Airdrie game he was commentating on, it was brilliant. Um, I think, as we mentioned on the pod, he sounded half cut, and <laughs> he was he was excellent. Absolutely loved it. Um, I did put down first place. I'm going back to that Clyde game. It was the two Clyde commentators. One was an ex Clyde player, Paddy Keel, and it was just the fact that um i was listening to them for about half an hour and they were the last people in the world to know what was going on they were sitting there chatting to each other and i just had this vision of everyone's left broadwood the lights are going off and those those two are still in their wee box chatting away to each other like oh so paddy what do you remember bus leaving yeah (laughs) i think people forgot they were there i think everyone at clyde and they were maybe sitting in a wee box somewhere and everyone forgot they were there and that was brilliant that was the other they were, you know they remained convinced that it was to do with the shorts like, why, why are they t- why is it taking 25 minutes for these five players to change your shorts that's ridiculous and you're like ah oh. yeah that was good <laughs> my highlight you've kind of covered it in the, the last category it was because i wasn't watching the four first stream but you guys telling me that Pixelot couldn't cover the snow and it was just like lost as to what it was trying to cover. Uh, but my other one, which has nothing to do with East 5, so we won't put it in as a contender, was that one where it was following the bald linesman earlier on the season at one of the games. Just, just tremendous. 
So yeah, my my nomination is the fact that it couldn't handle the snow. Who who can handle snow in April though? So Doug, uh, I I wrote down three things. I wrote ICT ball lino, um, which you just referred to, which is. Do you know what? We'll look back on this in twenty years' time if we're still alive, and we'll we'll think so fondly back to that sort of thing. Though, do you know what I mean? Although it's comical and it's it was ridiculous, it's given such funny moments, like yeah. being so infuriated by watching a TV screen just going, "Where are you going?" Like, oh no, like you know, like I said the other day about a wee kid being charged the camera and going, "Oh look, a clown," and just following it. I think we'll, we'll look back at that with a lot of fondness, I think, in years to come. Um, I, I, I put Whispering Daniel. Oh, I, yes, we were talking I about think, this. Um, I will say, you know, we've been more tongue-in-cheek sort of critical about, about the commentary, but, you know, good on the guys for doing it. And they did, in general, they did a pretty good job. Um, I just I just love that you'd have these moments where he's speaking to the camera and you know, and it was just I don't know there was something neurotically I hadn't noticed it either till you brought it up in our WhatsApp and then after you mentioned that's all I could hear yeah Um, but do you know what I'm going to give it to what Gordon mentioned as well Uh, I wrote down Drucher co-commentary there was just someone about a guy who is an absolute god in our eyes and you know and always will be just that I don't know. Like I said at the time, like the, the guy's a doctor, he can't be a doctor. It just he just can't be. And I just like it was actually Brett Long's save because I looked at back today and he's like, Oh my god, there's no way he's just said that. There's no way he's just said that. It was brilliant because I think it was straight after having Greg McDonald, who was very professional and very good. And I'm not saying Juker wasn't professional, but there was just something there was something really lovely about it and it was uh, it, it was good. So I, he gets my award. Yeah, I've not seen he wasn't professional, but in a, a professional capacity of what you're used to seeing on TV and things, this has been the good thing with these streams, because you've got people that's doing commentary or, or co-commentary that would never have done it before, or colour commentary, as I mentioned the other day, and you had no idea what I was talking about. But, like, Irvin Welsh, getting him on to do s- stuff, I was, of course that was going to go wrong. It's like, why would it not go wrong? He's doing a live thing, it's like... He's he's not not going to say something. Duker was tremendous in that. What about you, Lee? What's your nomination for this one? I had Kenny Duker slash Greg McDonald commentary. Yeah, let's give it to them. I think it's well deserved. I I hope they they can get some more ex players in when when they're they're doing the streams. I guess you guys won't really see it. You only see the highlights. It'll be us overseas folk that get to enjoy it. Fingers crossed that is the case, and you're not having to rely on this. I guess it might depend on whether there's full capacity or whether it's only season ticket holders and they can still offer the stream. That's all to be decided. We'll not need to worry about full capacity too often. No, that's true. Two categories left. Let's get to the penultimate one now. Best Opposition Stream. So we're keeping the stream theme going. Best Opposition Stream. I'm kicking this one off, which is good because I've not really seen much opposition streams. I've been lucky enough to watch East 5 TV. I haven't had Pixelot to to put up. I have had the odd glimpse where I'm maybe wanting to get some a quick look back at something and I've checked highlights on YouTube and I've just seen what the opposition stream is. 
my nomination for for the ones that I have seen is Dumbarton. I just love the their laid back style, the soft lilt of the co commentator. I I just think it's very friendly. It's very welcoming. What about you, Doug? Um, I have split it slightly. I've gone for overall package. I've said Falkirk. It, it looked quite classy. They had like adverts and stuff, which <laughs> I mean, you know, simple things make me happy in life. Um, but I, I, I've gone for Dumbarton commentary. I don't know whether the guy was drinking lilt or not, like you were saying, but who knows. Um, but I like the... Uh, I just... They were very neutral, which is difficult to do when it's fans. Um, the guy's love affair with Scott Agnew might rival Lee's with Ryan Wallace. There could be a sort of... Um, no, Lee's shaking his head. He's right. He's... Sorry, Lee. Uh, yeah. Um, and... Oh, hi, Ryan. Is that you next week? Oh, no, it's not. Um yeah, so I'll go for Dumbarton uh, commentary as being my best opposition stream. Mm, so two votes for that so far. Lee, you got anything new to add? Um, no, they were all chronic. That was exactly what I wrote. Um... Fair enough. <laughs> Gordon? So I I didn't watch the Dumbarton away one, but by all accounts, I, know, I think a lot of people are saying they really like that. I put... I wrote two down. One was Falkirk, which, apart from the commentators, it was excellent. Um, it wasn't pixel a lot. Um, yeah, the, the camera had a really nice view. It was very professional, but the commentators made it very difficult. To I remember I you guys talking about that during the game. I don't mind them being biased. It's like I know they're supporting Falkirk, but it's when you know there's uh, a Falkirk player trips over five yards outside the box it's like surely it's got to be a penalty how's that no penalty like it's very difficult to watch the game so that ruined it um i did put clyde because i thought uh commentators were quite good the the camera is in a good position a lot of them were kind of ruined by camera not being in a great place but mm. clyde was quite good but i would be i would happily concede dumbarton for this one yeah, the interesting thing with some of the streams is East 5 TV were set up in a different stand. So we're watching the game and we've got different angles and of the game, which is always interesting. But we'll, we'll give the nod to Dumbarton for this one. It's exciting. You've stayed with us this long. You may as well stay for one more. Let's get to the final award. And it's got an opposition theme to it. Worst opposition fans. I think it's fitting, probably, that we're going to kick this one off with Doug, because I feel he's going to have a lot to say in this. Yeah, I don't know if I do, actually. Oh. Um, I, I guess it depends on also, like, what criteria we're going for. It could be, yeah. are they moaning bastards? Are they too self-important? Do they think of themselves bigger than they are? There's all these things to factor in. Well, if that's what we're factoring in, then we might as well move on, because we know who's won that. Uh, mm -hmm. The winner of Worst Fans for me is comfortably Falkirk. Uh, and I just wrote deluded, which probably sums up quite nicely. I very, as part of this, just wanted to give a very quick shout out to Partick Thistle fans as being the best. I don't remember a team of their size coming down our league and really seeing nothing much at all. Yeah, they just kind of got on yeah. with it. They never really moaned. They never, they, you know, and they won the league. Good on them. So I was quite pleased for them in that respect. But without a shadow of a doubt, it's got to be Falkirk. It has to be. Yeah. Like what you said there about the Thistle fans is very true. It's like they haven't gone trolling folk on the boards. Maybe helped by the fact 
that they had a slow start to the season. If they'd been running away with it, maybe they would have been a bit more obnoxious. But I mean, even when, like during the season, I did a, a Park Thistle podcast to, to set one of the games and they, they were just so accepting of where they were, grudgingly, but it's like, well, this is what we are, we make the best of it. And it wasn't like, oh, we feel we're too big for this league, we feel we're too big for playing teams like you. So yeah, I liked that. What about you, Lee? Worst opposition fans? And if you want to give a, a nod to the best as well. Uh, worst Clyde. Um, I think that their reaction to the fine thing was laughable and it just showed you... And, and do you want to know what? I just hate their nickname. The Billy Wee. Fuck off. Um, just, yeah. <laughs> absolute bunch of CNX Tuesdays. Do you remember, like... When they used to come to the games, it's like their chant was the Billy Wee, the Billy Wee. Hi, piss off, nah, What just, What does that even mean? Uh, some probably West Coast shite. Let's be honest. I mean, there's lots of wee bullies out there, like little Neds and stuff. But yeah, nah. Gordon, who who do you want to draw the ire from? On I, I never got to answer my second part. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Is it getting cut out here? Come on. So, in terms of the best fans, um, I'm going to give a nod to Plastic Whistle as well. Um, I think that they've definitely been honourable. But, you know, um, another one I'm going to give a shout is to Montrose fans, who really are pretty an unassuming bunch and probably a bit more like I would like our fans to be, is just to be grateful where they are. Um, there's not too much like, oh, we deserve to be here, we deserve to be there. Granted, Montrose aren't a massive club. They're probably sizes with us. Maybe we're slightly bigger, but they've, yeah, they deserve to be where they are and their fans deserve their, their run at success. We never said this at any point when we we're talking about this, but I would love it. I would love it to be like Kevin Keegan. If they went up to the championship, it would just be hilarious because they're so unfashionable and they're not a big team. And they'll come straight down, they'll get gubbed every week. But it would it'd be fun. And it would give their it would give their supporters a taste of some fun and adventure. And you never know. They could be another Arbroath when they get there. And they'd have derbies with Arbroath. And it, it, I think it would just be good for Scottish football if it's not one of the big teams that big teams that, that go up. Or they it could be, do what the Rovers have done. And oh. Lee, oh, I was I've just realised that the biggest disappointment of the season is probably yeah. with Rovers. Uh, they could uh, be a Premier team. Do you know it, what I it, actually think they might be? I, I think they might be. And do you want to know what? I'm saying this through great teeth, but they really deserve it. Yep. I can't, I can't knock them for it because it's like, uh, and again, it goes to what I was saying. They've got this momentum now going into the playoffs. Not only that, but I mean, in McGlynn, you know, they've got a manager who's very, very good at recruitment. Very, very good. He seems to sign well at every club he's been at. Um, and I mean, you just have to look at some of the players that they're bringing in next season. Um, the boyfriend, Vanessa, whose name's escaping me just now. Yeah, Ronan, yeah. Ronan, Ronan Keaton's, uh, and just like him, Doug, you say best when you say nothing at all. Um, uh, we've also got um, Christoph Berra, um, and his name is actually Christoph, not the sort of fancy pants name that Doug would give to one of our players. Um, so definitely, 
you've got to tip your cap to the Rovers through gritted teeth. If you go up, I hope you get smashed every week, but fair play for getting there. That, that'll do. That's far too much talking about it. Yeah, far o- too obviously get that cut out. I, I have snipped a bit from an earlier show of Lee going, do you know, I, I hate Kelty more than the Rovers because I've kept that and I will use this time and again. So, <laughs> I win the Smashers 5-0 in the Cup next season. <laughs> Gordon, you've got more Wraith love to give? Well, as for, for worst opposition fans, um, it's got to be Trinidad Juniors. Uh, can't stand them. No, seriously, it's Falkirk. Um, they got to enjoy their day out. They did. That was their cup final. Um, oh, oh, how many hundred, oh, yeah, a hundred of them or whatever they brought to the game. Um, so Falkirk fans, I've a little thing down. One of the things that, sort of, that pisses me off the most about them is you get this attitude of, you know, they're having a shit time, they're having a shit season, they, they're they used to better, they think they're, they're worth better. So, and, and different clubs have different responses to that. Like, you've seen Partick Thistle, and they, they're just generally quite accepting of it. But Falkirk, it's this thing of, well, if we're shit, everything's got to be shit. Scottish football shit, all football shit, every team is shit. And you're just like, it's... It's, and it's it's almost like a defence mechanism. It's like, well, if we're if we're feeling bad, everyone's got to feel bad. And you're like, it's just it's just tiring. Uh, and they all they all they always do this thing as well, where it's like, uh, oh, that just shows you how bad this league is. And it's like, oh, like Partick are only two points behind them. It's like, I oh, just shows you how bad this league is. And you're like, no, it's tight. Like. A good league isn't one where somebody's like thirty points clear. Like you know, yeah. Real Madrid could go into the South of Scotland league and they'd win it by fifty points. That doesn't make it a good league. It's you know you misunderstood two things here. They're just uh, uh, they're just a sort of very trying bunch to share a pine bovril board with. <laughs> um, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't read pine bovril for a couple of years, but I started to read it more this year. I used to visit it a lot when I first moved over here just to keep in touch with everything but yeah when you've gone on that this year it's like oh, please get out of our division so you're not in our in our chat yeah. uh, honourable mention to Clyde as well um, you know for a long time they've just been they have almost been like, like the characterisation of fans as a bunch of Neds you know they're just they're just unpleasant um, but I, I totally agree with the the, the best opposition fans as well. I think Thistle have been very sort of magnanimous. You know, they've mm. like you say, they've come down, they've not acted like Billy Big Times. They've won the league and they've still been quite magnanimous. magnanimous. But, yeah. uh, you know, they've had a laugh at Falkirk, but who hasn't? Yeah. Um, they're generally a decent bunch. And Montrose fans as well, I think Montrose as a club, I think are just, they're so easy to like. Now, for the past what, three seasons now, they're more or less the team that we have probably been closest to over three seasons, mm-hmm. and they've pipped us every time. Usually, when you get that, you know, if you have a, if you're very close to a club, like there's been times we've been really close to our both. You hate each other. You hate that club. You hate their fans. You hate their manager. You hate their players. But I find them in Trolls, I'm just like, oh, I quite like you guys. Uh, and part of it is that they have been absolutely god awful for so long that you. You feel that as a club and as fans, they probably deserve a bit of this. But I think another thing is they just seem to be doing things exactly the right way. I think Stuart Peach is yeah. a great manager. 
somebody mentioned uh, three or four years ago now, they when they played their playoff against Barora, that they might go down to the Highland League. Their first team still has five or six players from that, that game in it. And you just think, that's impressive. You know, they're not a team full of stars, um, but whatever they are doing, they are doing right. And I think every part-time club... Um, has got to you've got to kind of respect that and wish that your own club could be a little bit more like Montrose. I, I think that's what annoys me though a little bit this year. You look at their squad and our squad, and on paper, experience and everything like that, our squad should be better. But they've done it on the pitch, so then you have to look at reasons for that. But we won't get into that. It's awards. We're trying to keep things upbeat. I'll agree with Falkirk. I'll agree with Park Thistle. Last thing I'll say in this is. I'm interested to see, like, say Morton come down and you've got Queen's Park coming up, what their fans might be like. I can imagine the Morton fans are not going to be a happy bunch and I think it could be a pain in the ass with them. And Queen's Park fans, I hope they're not like, oh, look at us, we've got money now, look how successful we are. And Well, all eight of them. Yeah, they come out of the woodwork, though. Nah, just like spiders. Yeah. Hey, But that is it for our awards. Thanks so much for listening. See you next year. Thank you to Donald Perry for doing the announcing for us as well. Very much appreciated. I think it added a a little bit of star power to it, Doug. Do you not agree? Uh, No, I I thought it was very poor. Um, You know, there's definitely no room for two Perrys on this pod. I'm sure that means that I will be removed now. Yeah, Um, because I did actually say to him, oh, we should get you on the pod. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's nice for my, it's, it'll be nice for my mum to, you know, get to feel proud of Donald instead of just always beaming with pride for me. So, you know, for, for true. If we had you both, then we could just rename the show Perry Perry. Oh, hey, oh, saucy. <laughs> anyway, that yeah. is it for the awards. Thank you. It's pretty much it for the show as well. I have to finish though with Wavelength, whether Lee wants me to or not. This month, we're keeping the theme of positions song about football positions we had substitute last time this time it's all about false nines and this is a song called false nine you'll love this one lee it's by london grime artist aj tracy i'm sure you know him this is his oh this is his song i actually do oh he's a big star he's not got thiago silva as well i think he might yeah yeah This is the song False Nine. See how many football players and references you can pick up in this one. Man, false nine. I can play anywhere and I shine. I got more than a lot on the line. To take on a man, get twine. To take on a man, get twine. I got more than a lot on the line. I can play anywhere and I shine. They call man false nine. They call man false nine. I can play anywhere and I shine. I got more than a lot on the line. To take on a man, get twine. To take on a man, get twine. I got more than a lot on the line. I can play anywhere and I shine. They call man false nine. I got more than a lot few actors. Step on a bitch with badness. Man can't match this. I put fire in a box like matchsticks And you can't touch man like a cactus My new girls fire like Katniss Nah, my new girls fire like Jean Grey I got a vision so I pass like a relay No goal line tech, can't get a replay 
my whole team on fire. Why kit see the girl them admire? I used to hold up the line like Puyo. Bet you thought I was gonna say dire. Telling me she's single. Last night I had a man, chop left, sent to the shop, no matter land. Pace abuse, I chase checks like a Bamiyang. And I say what I mean, no anagram. They call man false nine. But I can play that 10 roll. Put up to the dance, one bro, one me go. Been a legend and I still am like Figo. I'm a midfield maestro like Eri. Bet you thought I was gonna say Modric. You might live to crumble like what's this. Tryna get my stack long, something like an ostrich. My chain bling like disco. Flare a school when I flex, I'm Isco. I'm from Labrador, see that's my hood. But I got fam in Tottenham like Frisco. And I can still kick balls like Drogba. Young and I've made big wins like Gossa. Too far gone, can't catch me, Costa. I'm off pace, Costa. They call man false nine. I can play anywhere and I shine. I got more than a lot on the Line. To take on a man get twine. To take on a man get twine. I got more than a lot on the line. I can play anywhere and I shine. They call man false nine. They call man false nine. I can play anywhere and I shine. I got more than a lot on the line. To take on a man get twine. To take on a man get twine. I got more than a lot on the line. I can play anywhere and I shine. They call man false nine. Sick like Honor, sick like cholera. Get a girl's number, but I won't holler My new girl said you're a star. Babe, I'm a rock star, not an astronomer. Five star. Skills get twist like Oliver. Me and my friends stick together like polymer. OG, I'm a boss like Hugo. Us man a silk cut, you man a loo roll. I play for an England squad, and I'm with an England squad. That Lee Enfield, that's the English dog. Don't make me come down with my English mob. In Trinidad, fam, I'm the English fob. White Air ones are the English top. White gal with a big back from Kilburn, bad bitch. See, that's the English fob. Couple young G's ain't sitting in a bando. It's a hostel, that's the English fob. Came in a room with an England dot. Don't make me show man about the English mob. I was overseas in the dance with some painting gun fingers. That's the English pop. She was telling me say Malcolm, but she loves the accent and the English cock. I'm an English lad, got a couple mates with an English chap. Thought he was bad, don't think it's that. Better sit down with your thinking cap, better think it back, cause I'm thinking bad. Thinking breaking, thinking bad. Thinking Heisenberg, I might put rice in your team if you drink it back. Drink it back. They call man false nine. I can play anywhere and I shine. I got more than a lot on the line. To take on a man get twine. To take on a man get twine. I got more than a lot on the line. I can play anywhere and I shine. They call man false nine. AJ Tracy there, false nine, rounding off this week's show. Rounding off our end of season extravaganza. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed doing it. It's been a lot of fun. We I don't know, we might take a break and come back in two weeks. We might be back next week. We'll talk about that. Just keep an eye on the socials. We'll let you know. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll just go around as usual. Any final thoughts, Doug, anywhere that you want folk to give you abuse online? I was going to give my address and just say, just come around and give me abuse. Definitely don't do that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just stand in my driveway and try to... Although we can hug from next week, so... Well, you guys can. Yeah... Yeah, that would be good. Um, I Have I got any final thoughts? Probably quite a lot, but nothing of huge note. Um, enjoy the off-season, everyone. Uh, that's your fault, Michael. Off-season. Enjoy pre-season. Yeah, is that a North American, American term as well? Pre- right. Yeah. Um, enjoy pre-season. Have faith in the management if they stay. Get excited about new signings. Give new signings a chance. Give peace a chance and, you know, take care of yourselves and each other. Jerry Springer. That, that's beautiful sentiment. Gordon? Um, I'm not going to tell you where I am online. Um, if anyone wants to direct <laughs> any hatred at me, hopefully the next time he's five play, you can do it in person. You Ooh. can tell me 
how shit all my opinions have been. And I, I, I'm going to be looking forward to doing that to you, Gordon. I'll be honest. <laughs> getting getting, getting line behind Doug Perry to abuse me. Bye, uh, bye. Abuse Gordon Henderson. Waste money for the club. Um, but yeah, well, yeah. Hopefully, next time he's five play, um, a lot of us and a lot of people that listen, we will be able to be there and uh, shout our abuse at each other, opposition, uh, our own team. Um, you know, like like it used to be. The sad news, Gordon, is that if it wasn't for that YouTube watch along, you and I could have gone to the game and just spoken in a slightly different voice, <laughs> and nobody would have had a, nobody would have had a clue who we were, which would have been great. There's only we'll 280 hats. people that's going to know, and some of them are now, in the UK, so you're fine. Big stars. We're big stars now. So yeah. Yeah. Can't, go, can't go anywhere. I'm going to have a minder with me. Mobs Just think of all the, the fans at Bayview that are going to be wanting us to sign their tits and stuff. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just the guys. Yeah. Are we talking of tits? Lee, any final words? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, we're going to be coming up, um, I think the next show that we'll probably do is going to be our one-year anniversary show, um, which is coming up. Um, I think the official launch date for Glory Days Ago was the 30th of May. Ah. So I think we'll be looking to do our one-year anniversary show. So we'll use our social medias. We're going to canvas your opinions on what your highlights have been over the last year. And hopefully we could dig out some clips and stuff. Um, with some of your favourite interviews, some of your favourite stories, and we'll pull it together as a sort of compilation show. Um, apart from that, um, usual places for me online, Legion1903 on Twitter, at Glory Days of Gold, if you want to get us there. And finally, thank you so much to Doug and Gordon, um, and obviously yourself, Michael, for what's been a season. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a season of football. That's all you can say. I, I just want to thank everyone that's tuned in over the season. We're going to be doing stuff in the off-season as well and in the pre-season. And we'll have a lot of shows. There might be more sporadic. It might be every two weeks. could be every three weeks. We've got the Euros to look forward to. Exciting times. Back in the stands. I'll be really envious, actually, when you guys get back in at Bayview. I don't even know when I'm going to get over next. Never mind anything else with quarantine and stuff. Let's see how those traffic lights go. I want to thank Doug and Gordon for being regulars on the show. It's been great. I've loved chatting to you guys. It's been great kind of kind of reconnecting with you. The other folk that's jumped on a couple of times as well. All our guests for this season's been great. Everyone that's given us like feedback. We, we've got a lot of stuff in the mailbag, but we'll do that on our, our next proper show as well. Lee. I, I was nice to you during the show. I don't want to be nice too much to you. Get a big head. But it's been fun doing it. It's been really nice reconnecting with, with you as well this year. Find me on Twitter at AFT in Canada or at AFT in website. Read both my sites, aftn.co.uk, aftn.ca. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with the show on Twitter at Glory Days of Gold. Email glorydaysagold at gmail.com. You can get in touch with me if you want at aftincanada at hotmail.com. We will be back soon. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for listening to this. We hope you've enjoyed it. Give us your feedback. Stay safe, stay happy, and more the fife. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. 
if you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.